Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez and Joel Dells. And this is now episode 182. In this episode, we're going to react to my running back list, ranking top five backfields, Cardinals being chosen for hard knocks, Kaepernick's Raiders workout, Kyle Fuller signing with the Ravens, and previewing the AFC East. A quick Patreon shout out to UK Booge, J Love Clear, Zach W, Cole Larson, Deshaun Watson's top five, Alexander, Nazir, Dwayne, Riv Smells Like Marvelous Tulips, Scary Terry, Icon No Cap Anthony, Caleb, Travis, Drew's the Goat, Holmes, Nyree, your boy Nick, Pimp Chimpin, Jake the Snake, Corrupt, G Boog, Kobe, Dylan, Afosa, Mason, Winning in Silence, Gentile Drew, Cade MVP, Mark, SP4Z Shot, Jordan What, Evan, Dylan, Joel is the Goat, Mayo, Andre, Peter, Daniel, Ben, Ruthless, Rootster, Kill Moves, Joel B, SA Crimes, Kevin S, Eagle Dollar, Tizzy, Corey, Get Funkoed, Dylan, Playboy, Orlando, Big Chuck, Michael, Greg, Cole, Liam, T Grove 17, Tua Sucks on Ka, Ryan Barcelona, Epic Lankiness, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Dave, Muffins, John, Sean, Burner Hoops, Court Cousins, P. Hakari, and Jay Aqua. Good old Jay Aqua. Let me tell you this. I am stunned that Deshaun Watson is top five is not Muffins. I could have swore that that was going to be Muffins. Muffins said something disrespectful to me today on Twitter. How disrespectful are we talking? Uh, he called Zach Wilson Johnny Manziel 2.0. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like, <laughs> correlation just doesn't even match nah, up. Makes, I replied to his tweet. He was talking about the Browns wide receiver core. He's like, oh, the Browns wide receivers are, cr- are fine. I was like, bro, Amari Cooper goes down. Like, y'all are screwed. Yo, like, Donovan, Donovan Peoples Jones? Wide receiver one. <laughs> Like good David luck. Bell, but it was no need for him no, to come no, back no, with Johnny no. Manziel two point. That just no. that just seems rude. That was crazy. Yeah, so he doesn't know ball. He does not. You can't, you can't talk, talk ball, ball with, with everyone. everyone. No, that's so <laughs> true. He's on a shirt, man. That's so true. <laughs> so true. Hey, before we start off the show, though, we gotta just give a quick round of applause because we hit twenty thousand subscribers. Oh. Thank God so much for this milestone, this achievement. Big ups. Of course, what makes this go is you guys, you guys tuning in every episode, every week. We appreciate it so much. Without you guys, this channel would be nothing. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you. This has led to great opportunities. And we're so blessed to have this platform and just talk sports. And thank you guys for giving us the uh, confidence of thinking that our opinion holds What's a lot weight? of weight. Even a lot of weight. With it 99% of the time. Yeah. Like the running back list, right? With yeah. The running back list, yeah. Running a lot of list. people don't agree with it. I'll tell you what, that running back list did more interactions than I ever imagined. Did it did it uh did it push back football discourse a couple years? <laughs> did my running back list cause that much of a rift in the football community I that don't know, it, man. It, it, pushed, it pushed back discourse for a couple Fantasy of years? You had some guys you had some guys in the twenties that definitely should not have been you in the You had a guy 20s. at thirty one yeah, that was no, no, Jesus. Tw- and twenty nine. 29. 29, yeah. yeah 29, I'm fine with the ranking. No, no. People are so mad about that ranking. We're going to get into it. But before we get into it, um, there's a story I want to share because I thought it was pretty hilarious where we were at the, we, we went to this hibachi place where like they make food in front of you and stuff. And as they were making the fried rice, the guy <laughs> is like 
putting the eggs on the grill and he's making he's cutting it up <laughs> and this for the fried rice right yeah. and i don't know how it led to this comment but i think i was just like man this fried rice is about to taste delicious and then riv looks at me dazed and confused looks at the chef and what and is like wait this isn't for the egg roll is this for the egg roll and I just started Bro. dying laughing. He cracked like three eggs on the grill and Rib goes, you better make egg rolls? I looked at him and I was like, you can't be dead ass, bro. Like, there's no way. He's like, what's this for? Oh my God. I was, he was like, what's this for? I was like, the fried rice. He's like, wait, they're not for the egg rolls? <laughs> now, Riv was batting a thousand with stupid comments that entire night. Uh, OD. When yeah, you guys went to the bathroom, hilarious. you should have heard him laughing, bro. Like, the entire room. Like, this is, like, a huge room. There must have been, like, I don't know, 20 or 30 people there. He's just laughing at something on his phone, like, cracking up, screaming, <laughs> laughing, bro. I'm sitting here. I'm like, yo, shut up. And he just constantly. Then he, like, he simmered down. He got quiet. And then he started again, got loud as hell. I was like, we can't go anywhere with you. Yo, thank God I wasn't there for that. Nah, that was funny. Yeah, you were there crying. handling some business. I was. Yeah, you were going to work. Listen, we know I got I got gas problems, bro. <laughs> my stomach be acting a fool. <laughs> God forbid. We were bro, ate a dinner. Oh, I was God. like, I got to eat some I had to go to the bathroom before we went to dinner, I'll tell you too. what, that, uh, that mom and daughter is going to have stories for the rest oh, of their yeah. lives with us. Oh, yeah. They're definitely sick as yeah. hell yeah. they sat next to us. Nah, for sure. Yeah. Because we were just talking like no one was there. <laughs> yeah, like they weren't even there. Nah, that's... You didn't say no mind. They're going to have... yeah. Listen, we had a good about. time. I'm not upset. Not yeah. at all. Me either. I, I had a great time. <laughs> For sure. Let's, nah, you have, had a blast. let's have a great time talking about this running back list. Okay, okay. I'm um, reacting to my running back list. I'm just going to go through it. 32 oh, to 1. I right, just start one to thirty-two. It doesn't even matter. What's okay. the point of suspense? Thirty-two to one. Uh, I had, man, thirty-two I, to one. All right, fine, whatever. So thirty-two is Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Thirty-one, Josh Jacobs. Thirty, Ramondre Stevenson. Twenty-nine, DeAndre Swift. Twenty-eight, Cordero Patterson. Twenty-seven, Antonio Gibson. Twenty-six, James Conner. Twenty-five, Leonard Fournette. Twenty-four, Saquon Barkley. Twenty-three, David Montgomery. Twenty-two, Kareem Hunt. Twenty-one, Melvin Gordon. Twenty. Brees Hall, 19, Kenneth Walker, 18, A.J. Dillon, 17, James Robinson, 16, Elijah Mitchell, 15, Damian Harris, 14, Ezekiel Elliott, 13, Tony Pollard, 12, J.K. Dobbins, 11, Aaron Jones, 10, Najee Harris, 9, Javante Williams, 8, Joe Mixon, 7, Alvin Kamara, 6, Christian McCaffrey, 5, Austin Eckler, 4, Dalvin Cook, 3, Nick Chubb, two Derrick Henry and one Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to put the graphic up there for the YouTube watchers up here. As I'm reading out the list, I will say before you guys even comment on it, I was low on Jacobs. Too low. low. Disgustingly low. If I was redoing this, James Robinson is off my list because of the Achilles injury. Josh Jacobs moves up to 17. That's as high as I'm going to put him. Josh Jacobs at 17 I'm moving Joe Mixon up to five. Austin Eckler and him are changing places. So I'd put Eckler right behind Kamara. And I'd have Kareem Hunt at 21, a spot above Melvin Gordon. I just have him switching places. And instead of Clyde Edwards Alaire, uh, I'd probably go Travis Etienne here. I'd probably go Travis Etienne. Okay. Okay. And Rashad Penny 
Rashad Penny does that's, make the list as well. That's yeah, another thing. This is what disgusts me the most. He he replied to his own tweet. He said if Rashad Penny could stay healthy, it'd be twenty or twenty. That was the first comment that he said too. Like, that was the first acknowledgement. You think, of the list. you think Rashad Penny's higher? No, I think Rashad like bro. Rashad Penny when he was healthy is good, but what this is year four Rashad Penny? This was just year four. Year I three, will say and he this: has, cannot stay on the field. I will say but he this. had seven hundred forty nine rushing yards. And he averaged six point three yards. He per was carry fantastic in like this played. very very small sample size. He was nuts. Yeah, he I, was crazy good. He was insane. He that's was crazy. Like he, good. That's why I feel like you know Rashad Penny, the version we saw of Rashad Penny before the end of last season, or like I think you're waiting. You know, I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah, to put him I over Kareem Hunt just like that. Like Kareem Hunt's doing that too. He just doesn't get the the work as a chub. But we get yeah. The reason I didn't put Rashad Penny up here is because I think Kenneth Walker is going to own the backfield. It's just fine. Yeah, and I think he's gonna do. I think Brees Hall and him are gonna have really good seasons. I, I I'm higher on Kenneth Walker, but yeah, why? Are you, uh, I'm I'm confused why you're higher on Kenneth Walker. Than well, because I think Brees Hall is gonna share. It's like gonna be a sixty forty split with Mike Carter. I think it's gonna be like seventy thirty, maybe more. Maybe we'll see. But like with the Seahawks, Rashad Penny can't stay healthy. Chris Carson can't stay healthy. There's a chance that you know Kenneth Walker's touching. 250 plus carries. Rashad Penny like already has a hamstring injury too. Really? Yeah. Damn. It's they said it's minor. It's early. Obviously, it's May. But yeah, well, that's why he wasn't that. on my list because I can't count on him to stay healthy. All right, all right. Now let's. But that's that's, that's, that's why he was on let's my list. Down. Let's get into okay, it. Now okay. give me your. You know my reaction. my humble opinion. Leonard Fournette at 25. You could definitely have the argument that he should be in that top 16 conversation. Saquon Barkley. I understand that this man has not been anywhere near what we were expecting after his rookie season. But also we have to remember that he still rushed for a thousand yards that following season, even though he did go down with injury. He comes back the next year, torn, torn ACL. What can you do about that? And the year after he just wasn't anything of what anyone was expecting, but 24 is low. If Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley at the minimum, he should still be a top 15 back. Mm, how, how many years can we say if Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, there wasn't four until years he ago. leaves the giants. Hold up. So once Saquon, he leaves the Giants, then he's not Saquon Barkley anymore? And once he leaves the Giants, then you can start to tamper or temper whatever temper, the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Expectations. Because but why is it when he leaves the Giants that changes things? Because he's still on his rookie deal. He still has two seasons under his belt of over a thousand yards right. rushing. Yes. Forget about his, his re- uh, receiving, know, his receiving which we already know arguably. is amazing. Yes, he had didn't year. he have like ninety receptions his rookie season? He, he, also, he like broke the record. Yeah, the only thing backs. that I'll say about the receiving aspect is that Daniel Jones does not see the check down not nearly as much as he should have. We started to see a glimpse of that last season. Then the Giants started to fall apart once Saquon really went down, and then Daniel went down, and then all the pieces started to my, fall. My only issue is it's hard to say all of these players. Like we'll get into guys later, but like. Saquon, Michael Thomas, if they're Saquon, if they're Michael Thomas, when it's been multiple seasons that we haven't seen them be these type of players, it's like there's a decent chance we're never going to see them again. So why are we referring to them as these elite players? And that that's they a, you got to reposition your mic a little bit. That's a fine mentality to have. You're good right there. Literally talk right yeah. here. Hello. There you go. All so, right. You so should move it up. My first bit. time. Yeah, you should move it up. <laughs> first time. Yeah, just how's this sound? It sounds better. Okay. Well, this what I raise his volume. That's what uh, I'm saying. But, Saquon I, Barkley, since his injury. He averaged 2.7 yards per carry per attempt. Like, that's abysmal. You're saying top 15, but like, do I think he's going to have a better season than Elijah Mitchell next year? Like, no. I'm looking at the players you have uh, over him. If you want to keep David Montgomery over him, I'm fine with that. Melvin Gordon, Brees Hall, uh, Brees Hall Kenneth Walker, AJ Dillon, James Robinson. I think AJ Dillon is better. 
I strongly love AJ I strong, I, I lo- He's a wrecking ball. I love running backs that are wrecking balls. I do. Elijah Mitchell. That are hard we to could, bring We down. could have that conversation in that Damian Harris category. Fine. Tony Pollard's a little bit high for my liking. 13's a little bit high. What do you think of like Zeke at 14? That's high. I would have the that's, two. That's too high. For, I personally, that was... That's a little bit too high for Zeke. Okay, fine. When I think Zeke's actually he, in, a, in a perfect spot right there. Um, my whole point is that David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, if you took those, that three, that chunk, and jumped it to that 16, 17, 18, I'm fine with Who it. Who would you rather have next year, Saquon or Cream Hunt? Saquon. Really? Yes. I'd rather have Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt also got hurt last year, too. But not. Th- this is different. I'm no, this I'm is way Saquon different. or Saquon Damian Harris? Saquon's ceiling is... Me personally, talent. If Saquon is Saquon, the answer is Saquon. But just to give you guys, can't have this conversation. That's what I'm Saquon is Saquon. But that's the that's the matter of fact. If Saquon is who he has shown us that he can be, two seasons of it really. We're two seasons removed. Three we're going on three seasons now, and he still showed flashes last year that he can still be that great running back. The team Limited was flashes. all time bad it last was, year. No, it's gonna be better this year. The O line's gonna be better for sure. They're and a have new a head, scheme, head coach. Yes, exactly. that, that's why like. I'll answer back. I'll answer your criticism in a bit. Um, this ranking is based off last season and then projecting this current season. That's why I'm. If so we're projecting, I don't. I don't care about Saquon's rookie year. I don't care about the second year. I care about what he did last year and was what I think he's going to do this upcoming season. And you don't think he's going to be better than last year? He has a chance to. That. That's why for me, the only reason why I think Saquon might be a little low is because Brian Dable improved offensive line. He might get the ball more. But I, I just struggle to, you know, James Robinson was in a bad situation in Jacksonville. He was. And he was better last year than Saquon until his injury. Um, A.J. Dillon, I would rather have over Saquon. Um, Melvin Gordon and Saquon is a debate, but he produ- he's been producing better. Melvin Gordon better. was great last year. If you, if you put Saquon on the Broncos last year, he goes, he goes crazy. Melvin Gordon is one of those guys that... He's just he's been the league. He's so the long. model of consistency. Yes, no, I love so I people love just Melvin kind of Gordon. toss him to the side, but he is the model of consistency. Yeah. Kareem Hunter, Saquon, like Joe said, I'll probably take I would Kareem probably take Hunt. Hunt. And David Montgomery was in a bad situation with the Bears last year, rushed for a thousand yards as well. Not last year, but the year prior. But yeah, David Montgomery is Montgomery was in a bad situation. He's last very year good too. at football. No, for sure. Oh no, I'm, I'm not. What are you talking about? No, I'm just saying he said that he rushed for a thousand last year. He oh, rushed for gotcha. eight, he he rushed for like eight forty last year. Yeah. Okay. But he was he he is a really good running back that I think has really a really good upside also. He rushed for eight forty nine in thirteen mm-hmm. games. Yeah. No, he, yeah, he, he was really hit, he really oh definitely. Yeah. Which it's is not, why I feel like he should be higher. That I, chunk, that Dave Montgomery, Saquon Bark, Leonard Fournette, you put that at the 16, 17, 18, yeah. this list That's true, but also Montgomery's gonna be in an equally bad situation this year. So but he's still gonna have the like volume. My top, my top sixteen. We saw Herbert come in though and play really well, Khalil Herbert for sure. Like my top sixteen are guys that I feel like will produce. You know, J.K. Dobbins, I think is gonna. He might be a top. Look, it's not crazy to say he can be a top five back next year in terms of production. They're just the Ravens are gonna use Gus Edwards. Lamar's gonna get plenty of carries too. Yeah, he's but gonna even, be the primary even back. That, yeah, but even like the yeah, down the stretch, his rookie year because obviously he missed last season. He only averaged 11, 12 carries a game, and mm-hmm. then a run heavy offense. Like they're gonna bring other guys in. I think efficiency wise, he's gonna be the top of the league. But the total numbers might be a little difficult. Just they because did of how that. Many people they, they did have. that because they didn't start giving the ball to Jake Hensel later like in the eight, season. Nine, yeah. 
805 no, yards, saying, nine touchdowns. No, I know. I in the, in those limited carries. Yes, because I went I went through because I was curious about JK. Once he started getting the work, I want to say it was around week seven, eight. He was still only averaging 12 carries yeah. per game and like one reception. I so think, it's not like he got a full I, yeah. workload like these other guys do. I think JK Dobbins, though, he can he's, he's gonna produce. No, he's gonna be we know really that the, the top four is gonna produce. The top I think the, the top, top ten is, is fine. Produce. I think the top ten is like I don't I'm not making many changes to the top I would've, ten. I would have liked Aaron Jones in the top ten personally. But I just off I don't, res- who do you take out? I wouldn't Najee. take anybody out. Nah, I'd rather have Najee, bro. Aaron Jones disappears. That's his issue. He and maybe that's the Packers, maybe that's the scheme, maybe that's Rodgers, but but Aaron Jones just disappears a lot. I guess last year was the Did he lose you a fantasy football league football league? I did have him fantasy did last you? year. I'll say this. It wasn't the reason. Last year, he rushed for 800, really not. I mean, he still had 10 touchdowns on the season. But the year prior, he rushed for 1,100, has nine touchdowns, receives for almost 350, two touchdowns. The year prior than that, he has 16 rushing touchdowns. This guy, you want to talk about consistency? Yes, the, the rushing total dropped off. That's because of the emergence of A.J. Dillon. Well, they took A.J. Dillon in the second round. That should tell you, know, you what but they But A.J. Dillon's about. legit, though. Looking at, looking at the list, you know what I would kind of change right now just looking at it? Elijah Mitchell, 11. Aaron wow. Jones goes to 16. And then Aaron Jones. So hold on. Hold on. So I just speak. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. And then Aaron Jones to 14. He switches spots with Zeke. And I'd have Zeke 16. And I'd have Elijah Mitchell 11. This is Elijah Mitchell is a great runner. He gives you nothing in the passing game. <laughs> and San Francisco running backs year in and year out, they've had literally a different leading rusher for the yeah, last for five, sure. six years. Yeah. So Mitchell's a good running back, but there's a world where Mitchell just he gets hurt to start the year and the third round uh the third round draft pick they had last year or this this past draft comes in. Not even Sermon, they drafted another guy in the third round mm-hmm. this past year. I can't remember his name. He come in and just start leading the backfield. Yeah, and and that's, that's why that's is. why I had him at sixteen, but if Elijah Mitchell is healthy for the entire year, he can have a top ten running back season. He can, but I guess this is a matter of. And that's the twenty twenty two list. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like this is hard because if you're saying like pure talent, like in a vacuum, like who would I rather have, Elijah Mitchell or a guy like Kareem Hunt? Like I think Kareem Hunt is more talented than Elijah Mitchell, but Mitchell's going to have more opportunities. He's going to produce be better. the workload, produce the workhorse. Uh, the Niners drafted Davis Price from LSU. Yeah, third round, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, and they drafted Mitchell in the sixth. He produced or no. outproduced Trey Listen, Sermon last go, year. You go to San Fran. You're going to be you, great. You get some ch- touches outside. Of, unless your name's Trey Sermon, you're going to produce. Yeah. So uh, the other things you guys had wrong, you're about to name it again? Only thing, I think Alvin Kamara, he deserves that respect of being at minimum top four back in the NFL. Four? Top four, yes. AK? AK, yes. With his receiving ability and his rushing abilities, the fact that he was really the lone star of that offense last year. And so he, who are you taking out, Dalvin or Chubb? Me personally, on my own list, I have Kamara as the third best back in the league. I have I have Dalvin. I like where Dalvin is. Nick Chubb just drops to, to six, I and I have CMC at five. I do not think Kamara is better than Chubb. I think, I think that in all intents and purposes, Alvin Kamara – is just more a shifty, more he's dynamic a better receiving back. back. Yeah, yeah. But as a rusher, he's Chubb's not a better rusher. Chubb's a Chubb's way a better. No, of course, Chubb's one of the runner. best rushers. So is Dalvin Cook. Mm, conversation. Well, yeah, no. these top Dalvin three guys Cook. you have: JT, Henry, and Chubb are the three best rushers in the NFL. Yeah. Dalvin Cook to me is the most explosive back in the NFL. And I, you over Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Nah. I think Jonathan Taylor nah. has an, has a combination of like speed and strength, but Dalvin Cook, in terms of a guy that can see a hole and just 
Zoom. He's do, the fastest. Do we, do we have to go back and watch the Jets tape against the Colts this past year, where he took a seventy-five yard touch on the crib? You just saw a hole in Jets. Well, this is from my eye close. test. I'm not. I'm not using next gen stats measuring miles no, per hour. No, just from my no, just from my eyes, I see Dalvin and I, I say this guy is one of the quickest I've ever seen. I, I say I hear what you're saying 100, percent and then I automatically think of Alvin Kamara. Like Alvin Kamara just has that type of big playability. I don't think he's as explosive as Dalvin though. I think Dalvin is just. Oh, oh, listen, man, he's different. You're pulling at my heartstrings. I, I absolutely love Dalvin. Yeah, but I just see Alvin Kamara, and I just think that he's just not not leaps and bounds mm-hmm. better than than Dalvin Cook. No way, but I, he just has that slight edge. I got yeah. a lot of different criticisms on this list. Some people said I should have had Devin Singletary on here. Oh, God. <laughs> Some people, so there you go. Throw the funny uh, they, stuff. They, they out. were like uh, James Cook should be on here. I agree with that though. Nah, he's not top you 32. Serious, I do agree with that. If James if you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire on here, you well, could have... I would have... Cordero, uh, like Cordero Patterson or James Cook. I'm taking James Cook. I'd rather have Mike Carter than James Cook. I disagree. I'm, you're going to regret that. I don't think I am. You bro. are. I don't I don't see it with James Cook. And also, Miles Sanders not being on here. Yeah. We spoke about that. Like, if you took Clyde Edwards-Alaire... I'd rather and Miles Sanders than James Cook. I disagree. We haven't seen James Cook. Who do you think James football. Cook is? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he could be a really great receiving if option he wasn't for one of the to Dalvin, best. Does that change I mean, anything? Not really. Doesn't really change anything for me, given the fact that I've seen his receiving abilities on display when it really matters. Obviously, in college. Yeah, but, but it's he not, has. It's not his receiving numbers aren't near what like a lot of the other top guys taking the first two rounds of the past but, few years. But he, well, he was a third round pick, wasn't he? He was back in the second. I'm okay, pretty sure. regardless of that fact, uh, he is now in an offense with arguably, and well, in all of so our opinion. It's and a Clyde hasn't done it. Though. I know. But that's what everyone's saying. Clyde went to a perfect situation where they could utilize his pass catching ability, and they didn't. Because, first of all, Mahomes just wasn't checking down as and much. And another thing that the Bills have been wanting desperately is that receiving back, period. Yeah. They haven't they had that in running back, bro. And that is James Cook. Their best running back is Josh Allen. Oh, and I agree with that. Until yeah. James Cook shows that he's actually like that. The two other guys were... We're going to just throw Josh Jacobs out because I think we all agree that he was far too low. Oh, yeah, he, I already said 17. Oh, we so didn't speak about DeAndre Swift either. That's what, yeah. Swift, I think, was far too low. 13 games over 1,000 scrimmage yards, 7 touchdowns, was leading the league in receptions before going down to injury. He's like Alvin kamara light to me. He's a better receiving back than running back, that's but facts, he's explosive. That's, he's that's a great pass catcher. He's making guys miss in space. I just think... It's still new for Swift. We haven't, you know, this was his, his second year in the league, so not everyone's accustomed to the name yet. And then he's also on the Lions, so no one's not a lot of people are watching Detroit Lions games. So I think that's why he gets a bit disrespected, and he went down to injuries. Really, the first two years, he's been battling injuries. I think Fournette was a bit too low as well. Another guy who has proven to have great years in the past. This year, he did deal with injuries, but 1,300 scrimmage yards, 10 touchdowns. Fournette's a beast. I mean, he's Brady's checked down every time. He's one of the best pass catchers in the league as well. Having him at, where'd you have him, 25, 25? That seemed a little bit too low to me. I would like, I would rather have Fournette than Kenneth Walker, than A.J. Dillon, than James Robinson. I know you take Robinson off this list. And then the last guy is, we talked about him already, but Kareem Hunt seemed far too low for me. He's in a timeshare, so I understand he's not going to put up the numbers with Chubb there. But when he gets the workload, <laughs> when Chubb has been out, he Excuse averages 100 total yards and a touchdown per game. If you extrapolate that over a season, you know, that's 1,700 total yards and seven touchdowns. The numbers aren't going to be identical, but even if you take a few hundred away, you're looking at thirteen to 1,400 total yards for Kareem Hunt. We saw what he was like in Kansas City. So those are the guys that I thought were far too low, but the top 10 I was fine with. Damian Harris and Elijah Mitchell, I kind of see as the same where they're just in a good system that constantly produces running backs, but they're not giving you much in terms of pass catching. They could be replaced next year. I'll answer the Leonard Fournette one thing first. Um, Leonard Fournette's fine. 
he's okay, but last year he was second in drops amongst all running backs. He also had the most catches. No, you're right. But this where I go. This where I go sideways with that. It's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay to me is a perfect situation for for any any position really. <laughs> Lenny's been a dog. I know, but if I put Kareem Hunt, Montgomery, Saquon on Tampa Bay, I think they outproduce him. I think they are better. And same AJ Dillon, same thing. You know, Brees this Hall and AJ Kenneth Dillon Walker. I'm predicting rookie seasons. Damian Harris, same thing. Zeke, same thing. Tony Pollard, same thing. I'd rather have Brees Hall than Damian Harris, Elijah Mitchell, James Robinson, AJ Dillon, Kenneth Walker. You'd rather have Brees Hall than yes. those guys? Yep. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Like, nice. really, without a doubt. That's why. That's so why Brees Hall enters your top 15. To uh, well, no, because I would probably still have a couple guys that he has lower over him. But yeah, mm, I he's, agree. He, I he agree. has Hall at 20. I'd probably have him like 60. And okay. And then in regards to the DeAndre Swift thing. So looking at this, the players I have over him, let's just talk about Cordero and Antonio Gibson. Like Cordero Patterson, great story. He's been in the league for 10 years and he had one great season. Antonio Gibson, seventh in yards after contact this past season. 1,037 rushing yards, 294 um, receiving yards, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. So, yeah, double-digit touchdowns for the year in 16 games and 4 yards per attempt. DeAndre Swift, 4.1 yards per attempt, 13 games. He had 1,069 yards in 13 games. That's around the same production. Like, if DeAndre Swift plays the entire year, they're around the same numbers. I would rather have Antonio Gibson than DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift was ranked... 57th amongst 62 running backs according to PFF in terms of just pure rushing. PFFs. Cordell Patterson. Running back, quarterback, wide receiver, I throw it out. Antonio Gibson and Cordell Patterson were, were both had double-digit touchdowns. Cordell had 11, 1,166 yards, 4.0 yards per attempt. But it doesn't bother you at all that Cordell Patterson's in league for 10 years. and he It just doesn't like because I, I'm, I'm talking about this, pat, but he popped under the OC that they currently still have the Falcons do. You're right. So what I'm saying about that is that Cordell, to me, and, and Gibson both had better seasons than DeAndre Swift. Antonio Gibson did it with an offensive line that's average. Cordell with one that's horrible. DeAndre Swift, the Lions offensive line was good last year. So he was averaging 4.1 yards per attempt with a good offensive line. I don't think he's a great runner. I view him as a receiving back. I don't view him as Alvin Kamara. I view him as like I, I view him as like a James Conner like a Cordero Patterson like where they're receiving backs. I think he's more explosive than James Conner. Yeah, he, and he is. He just also needs the, the, the split backfield well. with, uh, with Jamal. With Jamal, you know, fantasy football got a hold of this list and they saw yeah, Swift they went and went crazy because yeah. you know his receiving ability in fantasy football racks up a lot of points because he's a good receiving back. Yeah. But, it, you know, the highest, the absolute highest I can put Swift on here is 2026. 20, I'm not putting him over Lenny, over Saquon, over Montgomery, over Hunt, over Gordon, over Brees, Walker, Dylan, Mitchell, Harris. Like, I'm not putting Swift over anybody. So 29, if you think that's too low, well, what's the highest he is realistically? You do have Tony Pollard 13. I don't think he's better than Tony Pollard. He loves Tony Pollard. We know this. Like that, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. Pollard, Pollard is better than Zeke. And that's and you think Zeke is top argument. fifteen? You think Zeke's top fifteen? Yes. And Tony Pollard's better than him. No, he's not. He's been outproducing him one season. Nah, for and multiple now. No, it's multiple. And now. even still, the stats, the regular raw stats. Yes. Yes. The eye test. More I'm fine with you. I'm fine with that because this was the first year that we saw Zeke 
really hampered by injury. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it that that Tony Pollard is better than Ezekiel Elliott off one season where he had more yards per carry. I know, but I understand the one season thing. But the one season for running backs when it's the oldest you've ever been. That's the that's the only. So Tony Pollard this past year had a thousand fifty six yards from scrimmage. Zeke had one thousand two hundred eighty nine. But Tony Pollard played two less games than Zeke. He had five point five yards per carry. Zeke had four point two. It was pretty evident Pollard, that Pollard yeah. was way Pollard better was more than efficient. Him this he past was more year. explosive. He was, and he's been more efficient for the past couple of years. The Cowboys just paid Zeke an exorbitant amount so of money, so they the have block, to yeah. use him. But Pollard has been better for like one to two years already, and that, that's why. One. That's why you know DeAndre Swift. People got so mad at that ranking, but it's like realistically, how high you're really going to put him? DeAndre Swift gonna prove you wrong, man. Okay, maybe fantasy wise, but as like raw stats, like I don't think he's going to be a top fifteen rusher in the league. Rushing yards? Mm-hmm. Probably not, but scrimmage yards, he definitely could be. That's a possibility. Yeah. I'm not going to rule it but out. You can't just throw away like the, the pass catching game. No, I'm not going to. But backs. a lot of these guys are also pass catchers, though. Yeah. But he's better than a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. A ton, I would say. Like, let me Majority. Sort. Yeah. I actually did a, I did a Google, I did a, a Excel spreadsheet on this. So. You're right. DeAndre Swift, he was fourth in receiving yards amongst the running backs. That's 13 run. games. It was Eckler, Cordero, Najee, Leonard, Fournette, Swift, Kamara, Jones, Connor, Taylor, Jacobs. And that's splitting the backfield, 10. too. Like, all of these guys you're naming have the backfields to themselves. No, yeah, he, but like then that. again, Except I mean, Hunt. he can't. Know, why can't that. he have the backfield to himself? He's only commuted with Jamal Williams. Dude. Jamal Williams is fine. I wish, I, fine, I, wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you. Jamal is not. He's not a bum. I feel like Sanders. I feel, I feel like DeAndre Swift is heading towards that Miles Sanders territory where, like, oh, this year's going to be the breakout year. This is the, really the year. I, I mean, mean, last year happen. he was better than Miles Sanders ever was. All right. Fantasy wise, right? I'm talking real life. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Sanders has averaged like 5.5 yards per carry for his career. No touchdowns last year. It hurts. Last year he was like Boston bad. Scott got seven touchdowns. Miles Sanders got zero. That's, that's just why we talked about two years ago when he led the league in most fifty-yard rushes. That yeah. was fantastic. Fine. That's why but Sanders still, to me wasn't uh, in, on the list. He had zero good. touchdowns. I can't. I can't put somebody in my top in my in my running back list touchdowns. if they have zero touchdowns. Like ah. I'm sorry, you you played seventeen games, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think he played like thirteen, but yeah, he missed. Bro, he that's missed what. That's how many minutes. That's like, bro, you played 10 hours of football and didn't get a touchdown. You're getting like, rude now. Come on, man. Are you serious? I'm going to put you in my top three. Do we want to give our top 10s, Drew? Oh, of course. Yeah. Right, you go first. So top 10, top 10 running backs in football. So I said that I needed to see Aaron Jones in the top 10. Here he is at number 10 for me. Again, I'm not looking at last season and overreacting too much to it when A.J. Dillon definitely has – the potential to be a starting back on his own. He's splitting a backfield with another great running back in the making, and he still has the capabilities to dominate a game. We saw that against San Francisco when they basically had no offense. He was one of the main factors for them, so I still have to put respect on his name. Number nine, Javante Williams. Javante Williams, it's unfortunate that we're not going to see a full season with him with the full backfield to himself. However, I am not mad with a plethora of riches being a Broncos fan, but I also do understand that Javante Williams is the definition of him. him. He's amazing. He can do everything. He can pass catch. He can run through the tackles. He can run you over. He is just absolutely everything you want in a running back. And one day when he has the backfield to himself, he will be a top three back in the NFL. Number eight, Joe Mixon. 
this is not a slight to Joe Mixon. I feel like last season Joe Mixon was unbelievable to start and ended really, really weakly. He he really just was not that same dynamic running back that he started off as. Once they became a, a pass first team, that's when that team really started to take off and we really started to see the Bengals come into fruition. Number seven, Austin Eckler. You can't disrespect Austin Eckler, especially after having 20 touchdowns this past season. The only question you could really have about Austin Eckler was health. And he was healthy, and he produced. This guy is the definition of a workhorse, can do everything, pass, catch, run. He is Herbert's best friend, and it shows in the stats as well. Number five, uh, number six for me, excuse me, is Nick Chubb. This might be a shocker a, a little bit because I understand that Nick Chubb is, like you mentioned, a top three rusher in the NFL I just look at the rest of these guys, and I just like how much more dynamic they are, I guess, outside of Derrick Henry. But even still, Derrick Henry is still a decent pass catcher when they get him going. Number five for me, and this is probably the toughest player to grade, CMC, because when CMC is healthy and right, CMC is at minimum a top two back in the NFL. He can do everything at the highest level on the football field, it's just a matter of whether or not he could stay on the field, which is why I have him at five. That is no slight to him. And being a top five back is an amazing honor. I just can't trust that he can stay on the field. But if he can stay on that field, he's at minimum a top five back. Number four is my guy, Dalvin Cook. You mentioned it. You alluded to a little bit earlier. He is one of the most explosive players in the NFL. Some may say he might be the most explosive player in the NFL He can do everything on a football field. I just look at Alvin Kamara at number three, and I just think that he just does it a little bit better than he does. Number two is Jonathan Taylor. I am not, excuse me, I am not ready to completely jump ship and say that he's the number one running back in football. He had a great rookie season for sure, but last season he took it over the top. He was leaps and bounds better than every running back once my number one running back fell off and got injured, Derrick Henry. When Derrick Henry is on the field, there is no one more dominant than he is. When you go down and you are still the league's leading rusher two, three weeks after you go down, you are on a different stratosphere than the rest of these guys. If Derrick Henry is on the field, he is the best running back in football. There's no question about it. I have a lot of the same guys Drew does, so I'm not going to go in this long monologue that Drew did because he did a beautiful job. So Thank you, handsome. I appreciate that, bro. Um, I do have a different number 10 than you. Our list is actually pretty similar. I have Najee at 10. Um, I believe, yeah, 9 Najee's 11. Najee's 11. That's fair. Yeah, 9 and 10, Javante and Najee. You really can't go wrong either way. Javante was a more efficient back. He's spending time with Melvin Gordon there too. Najee took the full workload, came in year one, was a dominant back. We see rookie running backs do this all the time, which is why I never had a problem with Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker. Coming so high, you know, on your list, coming in 1920, um, wherever they were ranked. Because yeah, that's it. running backs, they come into the league. They're the only position that come into the league in their prime. No other position, I mean, outside of Chase and Jettas these last two I years. I say receivers to a degree. To a degree, but mostly at 99% of them come in, and it takes a couple of years to, to get going. I but agree. We've seen over the last two years. But you're right, these running guys backs have different. come. But yeah, um, Najee and Javante came out and just showed, like, if you get a rookie running back, just give him the work. You know, the second contract, that's where we get into different debate. Is it worth it? Do you pay them? We see things with Zeke and Derrick Henry now with his injury. Um, but Najee and Javante, 10-9. 8, Joe Mixon. 7, Eckler. 6, AK. My top five is a little bit different. At five, I have, uh, I have Dalvin. Um, obviously, you can't really go wrong 5-3. to three. I think Henry and Taylor, spoiler, 1-2. and two. Dalvin at 5, Chubb at 4. I have CMC at 3. I think going into next season... 
The last full time he was healthy, the last time he played a full season, 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns. It was one of the best seasons we've seen in terms of a dual threat back. He's able to do it all. So I understand the injury risk that's going on there. But going into next season, assuming he's going to be healthy, all the reports coming out of OTAs and everything seems like he's going to be fine, at least for week one. We'll see where he stands after that. Two Derrick Henry, one Jonathan Taylor. The only way, the only reason I have this two and one is because I see Derrick Henry as he has a couple of years left to be this dominant running back while Jonathan Taylor is just getting started. Again, this is going into year three while Derrick Henry has had a lot more uh, miles on his legs than Jonathan Taylor does. So projecting them going into next season, I think Taylor would be just the more fresh back, the more healthy back. Um, maybe he's not doesn't have as many yards as Henry, but I also think that that AJ Pax is real. Once you hit 28 years old for running back, that's when you start to fall off, which we saw with Henry last season. And one thing also that's going to help Jonathan Taylor is that Matt Ryan sees the running back. He will see the running back. And Jonathan Taylor, I feel like even last year where he still put up relatively good receiving yards, he could have upped that if Carson Wentz was more willing to see him. You saw what uh, Frank Reich said about Naeem Hines? I did see that. uh, But it it makes sense. Matt Ryan sees the running back all the time. I didn't hear it. What did he say? He said uh, you you should own... If you, yeah, that's facts. Yeah, he's going to have a big time year. But did you also hear what Frank Reich said? Frank Reich said... It, this is literally what he did. I was he watching said Nick NFL. Foles is going to start. <laughs> Get <laughs> Yo, that, real. That was hilarious. Get real. He he looked at the camera and he was like, "Get real." <laughs> <laughs> he looked at the camera and was like, "Matt Ryan, yeah, like we always knew he was accurate, but seeing him in the building is like, wow, oh my god, the accuracy." Maddie's nice on another no, wait, level. Like can, he, can was like, he was like, he was like, he was he was like, Frank Reich was like this on another level. Like <laughs> you me, couldn't imagine it. Throw me your top ten again. Uh, you want 10 through 1? Or yeah, one 10 through, through 1. Actually, 1 through 10. Okay. JT, Henry, CMC, Chubb, Dalvin, Kamara, Eckler, Mixon, Javante, wow. Najee. So Kamara, not among the, the top dogs either on your Wait, list. Wait, what? Sixth. Did you have CMC at 2? 3. No, 3. Oh. 3. I had Kamara 6th. Where'd you have Kamara? I had Kamara 3. Oh, okay. I'm a, Personally, look, I, I think Christian McCaffrey, like in order for McCaffrey to have a big time year and healthy. not get injured, they have to... Not overextend him so much. They have to chill on him running through the tackles all the time. Because they, the, they, they because huge. Yeah. Panthers started out three and zero. McCaffrey was getting like eighty percent of the touches. Like you, they were setting him up yeah, to like fail. He's, he's done that, and the twenty nineteen season, he was the only guy there, and he stayed yeah, healthy but the whole I season. Think, but he's I only twenty five. Yeah, but I think now looking looking at the trend of him getting hurt and the carries they give him. They should manage him much better so they can I agree. save there's, him. There's very few true workhorses in the NFL. Yeah. Like, and McCaffrey doesn't have the list, body but... to be a workhorse in the back. A workhorse I, back. I, I, guess, I guess you could say that I mean, in hindsight. Look, look at his frame. No, I, I don't. That's what I'm saying. In hindsight, I don't disagree. However, he's not he, built like JT, Henry, Chubb, Cook. No, no, he's not. He's definitely. He's a, closer to Eckler. Yeah, in terms of build, yeah. and even Eckler, and even Eckler is like there's a there's a, a difference. Yeah, I don't know. McCaffrey is a is a rare breed. McCaffrey and Kamara built similarly. No, just no. in terms of their physique. Nah, Kamara is is Aki too. He is Aki. Mm, yeah, I, I mean McCaffrey is too. No, of course for his They're frame. All, yeah, dude, the one that. But I'm saying, but I'm telling, <laughs> dude, I'm saying like Kamara that, and that McCaffrey CMC both goes, have skinny frames, and he's rushing into the end zone, and he's like trying to stay up, and he puts his yeah, fist yeah, that was nuts. The, so you think Kamara's thick? <laughs> <laughs> I guess for lack of better I don't want to keep talking about his frame, but I'm just saying, Jonathan Taylor's thick. Derrick he Henry's is. thick. Nick Chubb, Chubb is thick. No, that's the Dalvin is thick. Yeah. 
Eckler, I don't is know. Thick. I don't know if Dalvin's thick. McCaffrey Dalvin's and Kamara thick, are not. Dalvin's definitely thick. Maca- McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara are not thick. Like Dalvin and Alvin really look similar. Javante Williams, Najee, they're oh, no, thick. No, 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 yeah. You're talking about no, but Brees Hall like is thick. If you're comparing CMC to anyone on this list, it's probably Kamara in terms of build. And Joe Mixon, I was out. Yeah, Joe Mixon and I feel like and Joe CMC thick too. Nah, I'm telling you, Kamara and and Dalvin are closer in body type. Yeah, this is some conversation. I know. Uh, my my top ten, head. even though they already know my top ten, it's my revised top ten. Najee Harris at ten, Javante Williams at nine, uh, Austin Eckler at eight, seven Alvin Kamara, six Christian McCaffrey, and my top five. Number five is Joe Mixon. The Bengals improved offensive line. I think he's going to have a really good twenty twenty two season. Number four, Dalvin Cook. I think he's the most explosive back in the league. Number three, Nick Chubb. Number two, Derrick Henry. Number one, Jonathan Taylor. I think he's the best back in the in the league right now. Derrick Henry's twenty eight, going on twenty nine. I don't want to give up on King Henry, but you know, running backs, it's hard to have he's faith a, in them. He's number two. It's not you yeah. know <laughs> when your name is the King. What are the chances though that Henry could slip out the top ten? Like not have. <sighs> let's not, not manifest top five. A top five actually. Like Listen, let's like not five. manifest the conversation. Not, top ten like is crazy. But top five. His last two games before he got injured, he was averaging less than three yards carry. Really. How many carries was he getting? Like 30, 30. some? Yeah. Titans offensive line Literally also wasn't good. Yeah, but I don't think that. How many they're not getting better, though. So. How many yards? He went 29 for 86 and 28 for 68. That 28 for 68 was the Colts that he broke his his foot. Yeah. 29 for 86 is ugly. It is. That's ugly. I can't even go through a Madden game playing like that. There's no way I could run the ball 28 times I was about to say, if you get 28 carries in Madden, you're playing 15 minutes, no excel. Staying on topic with running backs, ranking our top five backfields in football. There's a lot of great running backs, good, great running backs in the NFL. I wanted the Jets on here so bad, couldn't fit them. Okay. What'd you say? (laughs) Nah, we'll go. We're good. Ranking top five backfields. Now, I'll start with you, Joe. Dude, I showed them. Do you want to? Um, or am I doing five, four, three, two, one? Or we yeah, five? five, four, three, two, one, bro. Okay. You know how this goes. No, yeah. but I didn't know if we were all gonna do five or. You know. Of course, we're doing five. No, I'm saying like I go five, you go five, you go five. Uh, you, know you know what? We could do that, and then we do can you, break you it down. Do you want to do that? Do you want to do that, bro? Sure, let's do. It. Okay. All right. Cool. You know. <laughs> you know, this is just proof that we don't we don't talk about we the show before nah, the we show. Dead don't. Um. All right. So number five for me is the Cowboys. I I like Zeke and Pollard. They're both solid, but. Neither of them to me are special running backs. I don't look at either of them, and neither of them are my Ooh, top. Wait, 10. wait, wait, wait. Zeke wait, and Pollard. Neither of them are special. Neither of them are top ten. <sighs> were either of them in your top ten? Why is this crazy? Zeke just deserves more respect than you. And guys he's not eleven because you said Najee's eleven. He is. So he's at best a twelfth best running back. That's Which, not special. No. So Najee really isn't good. special at eleven. It's really good. It's not special. Isn't special. special. There's special a lot of word. great running backs there in is, the NFL. But neither great. Them are, we're going to talk about guys that Zeke is not special. Tony Pollard is more special than Zeke. Yes, he is. Zeke now is not. He averaged five point five yards per carry. Zeke averaged four point one. Yo, y'all are being too hard. Zeke is not special. Tony Pollard has been better than Zeke for like two, three years now. I've been saying three years. He's been more explosive. Okay, two. He's been way more explosive. Bro, you think Ezekiel Elliott is still a special running back? He's not, bro. You think he's still a special running back? Your list. I'm getting angry and sad. Go. The last thing I'll say is this was Zeke's year on averaging under six yards a game. He was average 58 yards a game rushing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't scream special to me. All right. And Pollard's a more efficient, explosive running back. Over 1,000 scrimmage yards, first time in his career. Zeke's going to get the work because they paid him $80 million. It was a terrible contract. But Pollard's the better back right now. 
All right, go, are we? So I'm saying my fifth. Yeah, that's what you wanted to All do, right. bro. All right, I understand now. All right, so my ironically, even after this, I do have go Tony s- Pollard. And yeah, see. fuck you. But bro. no, that's I, not what I, I wasn't getting mad for the placement. I was fine with the placement. I was getting mad at you disrespecting Ezekiel Elliott's name. That's what I'm getting mad at. All right, yeah. that's what you need to understand. I have Pollard and Zeke at five because one, I do think that as a tandem, they give you a nice little bit of. I can run you over and I could run past you because Tony Pollard is one of the faster running backs in the NFL. And even still, Zeke is still a bulldozer, whether you like to admit it or not. In the end zone, he's getting in the end zone more often than not. Uh, In the red zone, excuse me, he's getting in the end zone more often than not. So that's who I have at five. Okay, now before I give my fifth, I'm just going to give some honorable mentions. Uh, that this didn't guy make just it. has to do everything a little bit. I extra. mean, why didn't you think of it? I, I do have. There are a lot mention. of great tandems. I do. I do. My, I'll give my one honorable mention: Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. They did not. I crack. have four honorable mentions. Okay, uh, you want me? To, you want me to name a, one honorable mention for each time I go? Like, <laughs> no, what bro, is give this? your four okay. honorable mentions, then do for number five. One Ravens honorable mention. They didn't make my list. Wow. They didn't make my list. Yo, that is not What do you mean? The reason you the reason you didn't have the cow you had the Cowboys at five is because they don't have a special running back. They have a special Dobbins to me. It's special. Is Gus Edwards special? Yo, Gus Edwards when he's not top thirty two. But JK Dobbins is special. Can I ask you a question? He's better than Clyde. Did we not did you not take into account Lamar Jackson either? No. I know I did not. I want in in my that by me. Come on, he's a no, quarterback. I said Josh Allen's the best. You, back. he's a quarterback. God damn it, I'm bro. Trolling. He's he's leading the league and one of the league leaders in okay, rushing. But every I, I'm single talking about season. the running back position. Okay, you said backfield. That's Lamar why. Be in the you backfield. did say. Oh well, yeah, if I said Lam- if Lamar counts, then yeah, he's number one. I guess. I but, do have them I mean, at high. No, <laughs> Ravens. Ravens are not there for me. Panthers. McCaffrey. Deontay. Deontay Foreman. Um. I don't have the Seahawks in my top five, you even shouldn't. though they, you, you hell no. you don't know. Kenneth no. Walker, Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, bro, all healthy. Chris That's Carson crazy. Never playing, playing ever. Chris again. Carson's not playing. Okay, now this is my last honor mention. You guys are gonna go insane when I say this. The Colts. Oh Jesus, Christ. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. I don't. Do you have them on yours? Oh, hell yeah, I have. Them. Oh, do they? I don't. I don't have the Colts on here because <laughs> hell yeah. look, John, Jonathan Taylor is the best. Running back in the league, in and my Naeem opinion, one of the best. Naheem Hines is one of the best receiving backs, yeah. but all of the best running back tandems in my top five are RB ones. They can be RB ones. The Colts have an RB one, and then Naheem Hines. I thought of it not like, RB1. what backfield am I taking? So do you have the Titans on there? Nah, okay, because they mean. they really don't have a uh-huh. second. Like, so let me give my number five. Okay, please. Patriots: Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White. Pierre Strong. What do you mean? James White's also one of the better receiving you have them backs. Higher? No, oh hell no. But like I have them at six, so like, show some respect. Ramondre Stevenson's a great back. He's, he's mad. A, he's a running back one, bro. He's he a wrecking be. ball. He could be. Yo, throw some respect on Ramondre's name. I, I, he can be an RB really one. He, he can be an RB really one. Pass catching abilities, and he's mad good rushing. Honorable mention. I know. Is crazy. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's the issue I have. I don't have them in my top five either. Holy shit! I don't. Do you have them one? I had. I changed it. I had them one like four. Four hours ago, oh and my I changed God. it. That's bonkers. That's bonkers. Because I thought of it. What running back backfield do I want to take? All right, let's look. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Give me your number four. Are you done? I don't know. Do yeah, I said number five. Yeah. Okay. My honorable mentions the Jets, Brees Hall, Michael okay, Carter. Okay. Um, my number four team is the Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins was fantastic his rookie season. It took him halfway through the season, as we mentioned earlier, until really he got, you know, to be the the primary running back in that backfield. Over that time, he was averaging over seventy yards on. T- 
just 12 carries from week eight on. He was number three in breakaway percentage, which is runs over 15 yards. And then Gus Edwards was a beast too. Before he got hurt, every single year he's averaging over five yards per carry. I think Gus Edwards and Ramondre Stevenson, there's not much of a difference there. And I'll definitely take J.K. Dobbins over oh Damian Harris. God. Yes. Huh? yes. That is nuts. Yes. Go, go Ramondre and Gus. Please go look at where Gus Edwards has done Gus year in and year out. Yes, yes. I understand Gus Edwards is like that. You're going. We are going to speak about him a little bit later. My point being is, Ramondre Stevenson is. You have a crush not, on him, but he's. he's you picked him up for zero dollars. Okay, I get it. that has nothing to do he's with the lying. fact that he is a savage. <laughs> he's he, not. He's he good. is really he good. Is, so he's is a, Gus. He's a borderline great rusher. Good lord. Borderline great rusher. Is Gus Edwards a borderline great rusher? He's he's good. He is damn good. <laughs> no, he is good, but I mean the injury you have to take into account the injury too, though. So then yeah. we're we taking that account with Dobbins. Nah, we're we're respecting Dobbins as being a really uh, like it, an awesome. It's run, different because Dobbins was a rookie. Gus Edwards was in the league for three years, then got hurt his fourth year. Now he's ending into his fifth and, year. But as uh, so long as you are in that Ravens backfield, you're, you're gonna, gonna eat. Great. You're gonna yeah. eat. You're right. But uh, so my number four, <sighs> this is tough actually. My number four is going to be Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Wow. I have them at number four because. I understand that Javante Williams is going to be great, and I understand that Melvin Gordon is going to be great. I just look at the top three and just think that they're just a little bit more. I don't know. It, it, it's really tough for me because I, without trying to spoil my top three, Javante Williams is an amazing running back. I just think that if he were to have the full opportunity, he would be just so far above a lot of other guys in the league. Melvin Gordon coming in, yes, provides that stability, but as years go on, we— I was surprised with Melvin Gordon last year being as great, great as he was. He was great. I'm like I still have to temper my expectations with Melvin Gordon year to year as weird as that is. I should trust Melvin Gordon for sure, but something we're about it as years go I don't know if I'm like I think we're bored of him. I guess I'm bored because I want Javante to be the one. Next. I want Javante to have a 97% carry <laughs> type role. I yeah, really I know, do. I know what you're saying. But I just look at top 3 and I just think that I trust these guys more. Which is crazy to say as a Broncos fan. You have a Cowboys on top. No, no. No, I have a Cowboys five. Oh, right, right, right. Uh-huh, but go ahead. Number four for me is the Broncos. Oh, wow. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. I don't got to say too much. Hey, great minds. I just view both as RB1s, and that's why they're in my top five. Damn. I want... Broncos are three for me. Okay. And honestly, like looking back, I could put them probably at two. We know how great Javante and Melvin Gordon are. I mean... They both exactly had 203 carries last season, like to the exact 203. I don't know if that was on purpose or by accident, but Javante played in one more game. Melvin Gordon was slightly more efficient in terms of yards per carry, but Javante was seventh in 10 plus yard runs, second in missed tackles force, eighth in yards mm-hmm. after contact. That dude's a beast. I mean, I think the only issue like I, I said, have, he's the model of consistency. The only issue I have with the Ravens over, I'm assuming, um, I'm sorry, the Broncos. I'm assuming you're gonna have the Ravens ahead of them. Um, am I right? Yeah. Like, I'd rather have Javante than J.K. pretty easily. I'd rather have Javante Gordon than J.K. and Gus. Let me tell you, I agree. But the fact that I incorporated Lamar into this equation. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't do that. You cheated. I I mean, but we are talking about backfields. Lamar. He's not a backfield. I know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying. He's like a league leader. He's the signal caller. He's like a league leader in rushing every single year. I know you're saying. So then why aren't the Eagles in your top five? It hurts. Yeah, they, they, don't the, they don't have the running. Backs. They have like four or five running. And I'm telling you, they're not. They're not this. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I agree. You're right. I agree. So your number three was the the Broncos, number, correct? Yeah. My number three is Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon as a duo is 
as dynamic as it gets. You want pass catching, you have Aaron Jones. You want someone that could run you over, you have A.J. Dillon. And these two are producing at such a high level as well. They could still continue to be one of the best rush offense in the league just because of these two guys. Yep. I, I just feel like that's a no-brainer. Number three for me, the Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, who's the better amongst the two. I just think that they're both RB1s. Yeah, and I'm shocked I'm not high. They're, they're both RB1s. I look at Zeke. I think he's better than Melvin Gordon. I think Zeke and Javante Williams, although Javante is better, I think he's slightly better. Than who? Than Zeke. You think Javante's slightly better than Zeke? Slightly, yeah. Oh, I, th- I don't I think it's a huge I gap. I don't, I don't think, think it's a huge gap. But wait, so but Tony Pollard and Zeke. I think it's Tony a Pollard's gap. much closer to Javante. Wait, wait, I'm confused. I don't know. I, I, Tony Pollard or Javante, that's a debate. No, it's not. For me, it is. But, bro, you just had Javante at 9 and Tony Pollard is at 13. That's not a gap, though. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a gap, a gap, but it's not a gap. You know, that's not a gap. I, like... What I rather, what I rather want two top fifteen backs or the ninth best back and the twenty first best back. So for me, it, it cancels out. But I'll give the Cowboys a slight. But you edge. don't even, you don't even like Zeke at fourteen. You don't even like agree with. Okay, him but even if that, it'd be like sixteen. So you put still. Zeke at sixteen. Facts. Yeah. So still, so top top sixteen and thirteen back or ninth and twenty. Sixteenth back is like you're so but average. but we understand that. Javante Williams' ceiling is a potential top three back in the NFL. He's the better one of all the three. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like for that's sure. not a question. Yeah, but I'd rather have the Cowboys' backfield personally. All right, just because I love Tony Pollard. Hey man, I ran for two thousand yards with him on Madden. Agree to disagree. <laughs> and were you playing the computer? No, actually, I was playing <laughs> online franchise. Okay. Right, Atlanta who, Falcons. I traded for him. Actually, made him my captain. Captain. You did. Yeah, you're a clown for that. My number two. We're on two, right? Yeah. My number two is the Colts. I had them at number one, but then I moved another team over them. We yeah, might right, all have number one. So, yes. But Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I'll name all the stats you want, but both of us, we have number one. You have him number two. He's arguably the best back in the league. Naeem Hines, while he's not a great rusher, he's in terms of pass specialist as a running back. Like his role, he does really well. They just signed Philip Lindsay too, who yeah, he's probably like the thirty fifth best running back, but he's a guy. Thirty fifth, he's a guy. Uh, he's probably like forty. My my number two, we've spoken about it enough, is Lamar Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Lamar kills me. I, I mean, I have to respect him and his rushing abilities. That's nothing against him as a passer. He's still a great quarterback. He just happens to be amongst one of the best rushers in the NFL. You, you pair that with Dobbins, who, when he was on the field, was dominant. And Gus Edwards, the same could be said. When they went down last season, Ravens fans were heartbroken because they understand how dominant and dynamic this tandem can be. And you add Lamar to that, given the fact that he is, at worst, what? I mean, he's easily the best rushing quarterback in the league. How, how can you argue with them being lower than two? Because I'm not taking into account a quarterback. And that's on you guys. <laughs> that's on you guys. Not really, because this this is a run backfield. So, like, the we're starting a team. the league in rushing almost every single this, this season. Is, I view this exercise more as we have sort of a brand new team. We need to fill the running back positions. Which which backfield are we taking? So I'm not taking into account the quarterback the thing position. Is, there's a lot of people that would take Lamar over a lot of these running backs. Well, that's that's kind of a weird exercise. You understand what I'm saying, though. Lamar is still one of the best that's rushers a, in the NFL. He's a quarterback, though, you can't exactly. like you can't say like I'm taking Lamar over Aaron Jones. Like, I, you know, it's <laughs> I, like, understand. <laughs> I understand. But, but as a rusher, I would take Lamar over I, Aaron Jones. I know, but it, I don't think it works like that. I though. understand, yeah. but I'm just saying he's we're not talking coming about out the backfield. Yeah. But he is. He is. He is. He but is not like that. Like he's not like an eye formation and then taking three steps and getting a carry and going through tackles like. It's I mean, he is different. going through tackles. I mean, it's designed runs for quarterbacks that misdirection. He's stuff. the best that ever. Yes. 
Number two, I have the Packers. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, like I said, both RB1s to me. And when I was making my running back list, I was actually kind of like contemplating putting Dillon over Aaron Jones. Just because I'm very high on Dillon. He's a Jonathan Taylor light to me, personally. I think he is. I don't think he has that breakaway speed. He doesn't, but that's why I said light. But he definitely has the physique and body and wrecking ball ability to you know, run over players. And that's why I like um, A.J. Dillon so much. But Packers, second best backfield in football to me. My casual for not having my top five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that Extremely is Extremely casual. Yeah. I don't know, bro. And you but didn't I guess, have I guess an honorable the mention. Five, I had the Jets. Stupid. Freeze. My number one, uh, we might all have known it's the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Browns. Browns, yeah. Nick Browns Chubb. number one to me. Too. I was higher on Kareem Hunt than you were for sure. We talked about that at length. Nick Chubb, one of the best pure rushers in the league. Four straight years of 1,000 yards. He had 996 his rookie year. I'm giving him the 1,000. He got into it's the Pro works, Bowl. I'm, I'm giving it to him. I, we talked about it. <laughs> Um, always averages five <laughs> yards per attempt, double-digit touchdowns through his last four years, breakaway percentage is ridiculous, yards after contact, 10-plus yards, and Kareem, Kareem Hunt's probably the best backup at any position in the NFL. Ever, yeah. Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson's a dog, too. Yo, he told me that he was contemplating put Dearness on his list over Kareem Hunt. You did us. It's not crazy. <laughs> I'll be honest, that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard, bro. Nah, Dearness Johnson did, has some numbers, man. Bro. <laughs> go, go read a fucking book about Kareem bro, Hunt. Bro, he had 500. Dearness Johnson had 534 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns, 5.3 yards per carry. What bro, are we talking about bro. here? Kareem Hunt, come on. Come on. Yes. Dearness is a dog, but he's not better than Kareem Hunt. I didn't say he was. I said I was contemplating it. <laughs> that, that alone is all I need to know. Bro, though. Kareem Hunt this past year, 4.9 yards per carry. Dearness Johnson, 5.3 yards per carry. Damn, you got Hunt me. had 78 attempts. <laughs> Ernest Johnson at 100. You're a big yards per carry kind of guy, huh? I am, but also as a receiver. DeAndre's had 19 receptions, 137 yards. Kareem Hunt had 22, 174. I mean, if you're talking about last year's production, DeAndre Johnson was so better than Kareem Hunt. was marginally better for one season. Yes, but running okay. backs is a season-by-season season thing. It is, but Hunt Kareem Hunt is, Hunt is already is, like, kind of like exiting. I know, but Hunt is fresh. He's not getting full workloads like Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. Yes, DeAndre Johnson isn't either. Know, and when he did, Hunt he rushed for 200 right yards. Bro, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt averages 100 yards in a touchdown when he gets a full, the full workload. Darren like Johnson did too. Multiple games. Yeah, Darren did it for like two games. That's bigger sample size than Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt it. has like eight games. I'm just saying it's it. not crazy. It, it kind of is. No, it's crazy. It's, it's pretty nuts. No, it's not. It's crazy. Darren Johnson's just like that. You got to respect his name. All right, so our top fives. I have Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott at number five. Number four, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. Number three, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. Number two, Lamar, Dobbins, Gus. And number That's one. ridiculous. You know what? And, and, and that is on y'all for not evaluating the backfield. <laughs> Why would we put a quarterback in our top five backfield? Because Lamar Jackson is a consistent league leader in rushing yards. That's just cheating the exercise. That's I mean, Lamar Jackson is a cheat code. So number one. It should be unanimous. So the why best didn't you backfield. name Russell Wilson when you named the Broncos? What are you doing here? He rushes as well. But Not Lamar's, like designed runs, but he's a scrambler. Did too. the two Remember examples Lamar. you've given... It's like comparing Russ's rushing ability to Lamar's rushing ability is night and day. Oh my God. And, and number one, it should be unanimous, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. That just goes without saying. Two true... Running back ones, either which way you shake it. I like how you like name the players, and but not, not the, team. the teams. Like that's was, so backwards. You think so? Should, should I name the teams? Do we all have to name the players now? 
No, I'm just going to name the team. Like, I'll, I'll name the players briefly, but like, yeah, yeah like. you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, but if, if you watch football, you should know what team these guys are. My top five, Patriots make the top five backfields, Harris, Stevenson, White, Broncos fourth, Williams, Gordon, Cowboys third, Tony Pollard, Zeke, two Packers, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and number one, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Five for me is the Cowboys, Zeke and Pollard. They're both good, but neither of them are special. Four, the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Three, Broncos with Javante, Melvin Gordon. Two, the Colts with Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines. Number one, the Browns, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. I'll tell you what, Colts at two with Naeem Hines is Give me Naeem Hines, bro. He's better than Dearness. No. On to the next topic. Kyler Murray and a lot of other star players are not attending OTAs, voluntary OTAs. But it's an even bigger deal when it's a star quarterback. 100%. Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. What are your Baker thoughts? Mayfield. Can't Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Oh, Baker. yeah, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on them missing OTAs? And also, the Cardinals have been chosen to be the midseason hard knocks team, the in-season hard knocks team. What are your thoughts on that? I'll start with... You, Joe, you're a big collar guy. Both of you big collar guys. He's, he is the collar guy. I am. I am the collar guy. I, I want to take the – he gave me the opportunity to go first, so I want to pass along. You know, you know, I really do appreciate that. But I'm going to address the Cardinals being on hard knocks first, them being the in-season hard knocks. That's going to be very interesting given the fact that DeAndre is going to be coming back from suspension. Nice. It's going to be interesting to to hear his perspective, his side of the, the story, whatever that may be. And seeing how the Cardinals are are going to progress and make adjustments throughout the season, I love the idea of in season hard knocks. We'd always been asking for it last year with the Colts. Was it was good? It, was cool. it wasn't anything but. truthfully that was I needed to watch it every single every single episode that it came out. But Cardinals may be interesting given the fact that. Maybe they just have a little bit more swag to them. I just think that Kyler Murray is just one of the cooler players in the NFL. He's got more swag than Carson Wentz, bro. I mean, shockingly, that may be the case. Not more than Matt Ryan. And, uh, <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> JT's lit. I'll give him. I'll give him Jonathan Taylor. But come on, DeAndre Hopkins is still one of the coolest players in the NFL. They just have. They have a lot going for them, and I feel like that's going to draw a lot of attention. Now to the main topic at hand: Kyler not attending OTAs. You nailed the head. You nailed the. You nailed it right in the head. Excuse me. When your quarterback is not at training camp, it's never ideal. Especially your your franchise OTAs. guy and OTA. Excuse me, yeah. I apologize. Yes, when he's not at OTAs, you want to see these guys voluntarily going and, and trying to get some extra work with the guys. Him not being there, it definitely stings. Especially when people are starting to speak on Kyler Murray's character, and it's starting to deter them away from his actual play on the field. And and even even still, you want to look at his last time you saw him on a football field. It wasn't great against the Rams. I'd be the first to admit that. But he just, I'm, he needs to really just take a step back and realize whether I get this contract or not. I have something to prove this season. I have a lot of pressure on me. I need to be in the lab. I need to be with my guys. I need to work with my teammates to get better to put our team in the best position possible to win. So, yes, I do see it as a problem that Kyler Murray isn't there. I understand it, though. I will never, ever fault someone for trying to fight for their money. Kyler Murray has been one of the the premier quarterbacks in the NFL so long as he's on the field. He deserves whatever contract he's going to get. I feel like there are ways to go about it. I'm not the hugest advocate for sitting out and, and, and holding out until you get your contract but I understand it. That is their right 100%. I think that regardless of the, 
of that fact, though, whether he has a contract or not, he is going to play. He is going to be great. So I ultimately am not overreacting to this, but I don't love it, if I'm being really honest. I don't really care, honestly. It's OTAs. It's May. It's voluntary. So if he doesn't want to go, he doesn't have to go. Kyler has shown everything to me that he's a franchise quarterback, and the Cardinals are going to pay him. It's just a matter of when, not, you know... He's going to get paid. Just a matter of what time. Is it going to be today? Is it going to be August? Is it going to be sometime during the season? So I don't really care that he's not there. If he misses mandatory camp, that's different because then he gets fined. He has to be there. You know, that's a different situation when you're leading up to the preseason and the regular season. That's when you really need to get chemistry with these players. For the most part, outside of Hollywood, though, like it's going to be a lot of guys he's had before. Hoppy's going to miss for the six games, but you still have James Conner there, AJ Green, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, who he played with a lot. I guess Trey McBride's new, but he's new for everybody there. And I mean, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of vets are missing this. Rodney Hudson's not there. James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins. So, I don't really look at this as a big deal. Like I said, once he misses mandatory camp and the team could start finding him, then it's a different conversation. But up until now, I don't really care that a third going into year four now, three, year four, four. Year, four year four quarterback is missing time. It's just not a big deal to me. You mentioned a few other quarterbacks who's missed time. I know Aaron Rodgers has a different stigma about him um, and he's much more accomplished than Kyler Murray is for sure. But looking at it, may not a big deal. Going over to Hard Knocks, though, I think it's a pretty cool team to follow. I think the most interesting thing is we've seen over the last few seasons the Cardinals drop off the second half of the year with Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury. So we're going to be entering it basically right when they start to fall off. So how is Cliff, you know, does he hear the outside noise? How is he making adjustments when he's talking to the team and Kyler Murray? And, you know, how are they going to be able to get over that hump by being the number one team in the NFL up until week eight last season, week nine, then falling off with injuries and, and what, whatever uh, you know else happened last year. So Cliff got his extension. The, the Cardinals said, "You're our guy." Now he's got to figure out to figure out he's got to figure out the second half adjustment while still having all this hard knocks things going on, which a lot of teams and coaches don't like because it's just distractions for players. I don't care either. Um, it's voluntary OTAs. Mandatory minicamp is June 14th to 16th. So for that, I expect him to be there. Baker Mayfield skipped OTAs. I agree with the reasoning for why he did it, though. Uh, Lamar Jackson not in OTAs. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray. Would I like all these guys to be there? Sure. In Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's case, it's a bit different. because They don't need to. No. But Lamar Jackson, you have a brand new offensive line. You have you have to gain chemistry with Rashad Bateman. And that's your really only receiver, right? Last year. Yeah, they did. Lamar, You're right. Talk about someone that needs their money. Lamar needs his money. I need to see Lamar with a contract before he plays this year. And then Kyler Murray, you know, same offense, same scheme. Hollywood Brown, him, and they already have connections. So it's not a big deal to me personally. As for Hard Knocks, I'm looking forward to see why Cliff Kingsbury has in season collapses. If the Cardinals even start off well this year. I think this is an opportunity for every football fan out there to witness the beginning of the end of Cliff Kingsbury coaching ten- tenure in Arizona. He just got an extension. Yeah, but if you don't think if he, if they win five games this year, he gets fired? No. He got he got that's bogus. Cliff Kingsbury is he's a good offensive play caller. Yes, and they've only gotten better since he's been there. Whether that's a Kyler Murray thing, whether it's a Cliff Carey's thing. It's a roster's gotten better. It's a Kyler's gotten Kyler, better. Kyler, correct. It's the answer's a, Kyler. In my opinion, the, the roster's answer's gotten Kyler. better too. No, definitely. But it, it went it, from it, team it, in the league. rookie season, they went from nobody at the receiver at the receiver position to now D Hop. No, 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 no argument from me, King. Um, but I still you still have to acknowledge what Cliff has done there. He has helped 
change or have a, a any type of culture shift, you have to acknowledge that Cliff Kingsbury has a hand in that. Yes, he does. But I I don't think Arizona is going to be very good this year. We'll see about that. Five wins is if that's because I know you said you've I think done six your early- seven. I actually let me check. Let me check exactly what I got them at. I have them exactly at six and eleven. I don't love their secondary. That's the only thing that's holding me back from. Really I don't love being, their defense in general. Yeah, their defense really isn't that good. I don't like their defense. Their offensive line is falling off. Picks. They did. Their defense is falling off. D Hop is missing the first six games. You're gonna have to count on Hollywood and Rondell Moore and an aging AJ Green. I just don't feel like this is a recipe for success. I feel like they're going to struggle. Zach Ertz has or. They had shown some type of connection down the stretch of the season, so he's going to be relatively solid for them. McBride, we'll see what he has in store. I don't overly worry about their offense, given the fact that Kyler Murray can make the most They'll out of any work. type of situation. But without really without, yes, yeah. signed Daryl Williams too. I did see that, I, and I do like that, especially with they James Conner. They needed, they needed back, a, they definitely What about the playoffs? Like I said when I when I first made my statement of Kyler Murray has something to prove. Last we saw from Kyler Murray was not great. They were outmatched. Yeah. The Rams were just a the better Ra- team all the way around. They lost to the team that ended up winning the Super yeah. Bowl. And it's a division rival. They should have put up some type of fight. But it should have been more competitive. Yes, facts. no, it it did not. It definitely was not the case. But again, I do believe that six games without DeAndre Hopkins, where it's he, they're going to feel that Hollywood Brown's going to step up. He's going to be solid for them. It's going to be a huge loss for them because it's DeAndre Hopkins. A top minimum, what a minimum top six receiver in the NFL, just giving him the respect that he deserves. Like that. That's why I'm giving him six. I understand that you may say that he's a little bit older. Uh, these are younger guys. Joel V. Moran on Twitter, give him a follow. He's going to be dropping his wide receiver list very soon. I'm excited Sunday. For that. Sunday. I'm excited. Stay tuned for that. That's going to be dumb. But I don't think that the six games is going to make or break the Cardinal season without DeAndre Hopkins. You don't, you don't think it's going to make or break it? I'm saying that. The six games without DeAndre Hopkins yeah. is not going to be detrimental to Arizona. I think that's what's going to make or break it because they're going to be the NFC is not that great, at least for the division. I don't think they're really in the conversation for it. Um, so it's we really, didn't think about that last year, and they were one of the best teams in the. So their first six games: Chiefs, Could Raiders, win. Could win. Rams, Panthers, Could win. Eagles, Could win. Seahawks. That's win. two and They're, four. That's that's two wins, and the other four they could easily lose. That's two and four in my opinion. Yeah, I, I we already went through our chief schedule. I have the Cardinals beating them on opening day. <laughs> Without okay. Hop's gonna be hard, bro. No, for sure. But that secondary really still isn't nothing to hoot and holler about. Lejarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie. That's the one that is going to be exciting to see. But we can't really evaluate him until we see him on the football field. But Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray is going to be an exciting duo. I just think. Those six games, first of all, it's a ton of games, especially in the Definitely. NFL with the 17-game season. Um, and if you look at the NFC, the teams that are be competing for the wild card, it's going to be the Cardinals, the Niners, Packers slash Vikings, however way you think that goes, and probably the Cowboys. So there's four teams and three spots. So those six Slip games. On the lines also. Okay, if you're, if nah, you're into the Lions. Okay. Um, so those six games would be a big difference. It could be a one or two game swing very easily and missing those, yeah. you know, that relationship he has with Hop and that chemistry they have on the field in those first six games getting off to a hot start. We see with the Jets every single year where they just get off to a flat start and their season's over by October. Cardinals have a lot more time than the Jets have had over the years, but nonetheless, getting off to a hot start is important. And the one thing I'll say, just the differences between Lamar and Kyler, since we brought up that Lamar is not at OTAs, 
Lamar doesn't really care about his contract. Like he cares about his contract, but he's fine going into the season without having a contract extension, which I think is, I don't want to speak for him and speak for his money, but like, I think he should be very adamant on getting your bread right now. When we already know you're, you're great. You're the best rushing quarterback of all time. You're an SMVP, all of the accolades that he's had, but get your money now before you get into the season. You deserve it. God so, forbid also. Exactly. You, you don't want to get hurt or anything like that. He got banged up for the first time last season as well. Um, so I don't want to speak on him and his money, but I think I if I was in his position, I would be like, yo, give me my 200 mil now or else Absolutely. I'm not stepping back on the field. Absolutely. Two and four in the first six games. Only two of those games involve AFC, I mean, NFC West opponents, which means they would have two more games against the Niners, one more against the Rams, one more against the Seahawks. And they also have to face the Broncos yeah, the, the and the Chargers. That's that's I think if they start off two and four, the season is over. I don't think they're going to start two and four. So, so yeah. who? Are, oh, you haven't beaten the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean three and three is fine. I guess three it's and like three you could live with. Mo, mo, but without the Seahawks, I think they will. The Seahawks be aren't going to be good. No. There's a chance that they go two and zero against them. It's the it's the division. Anything but can there happen. Is a yeah, there's luck. a strong chance. Uh, Niners split. Rams could split, but the Rams are could just they have had their number for a while. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens. On to the next topic. Ravens sign Kyle Fuller, former Denver Bronco, went there and the secondary now lacks Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller, their departures. Now with the Ravens. I mean, this is a team that last year, 32nd against the pass in terms of yards, 26 in terms of touchdowns. They allowed one of the most, and they were 26 in interceptions. So they allowed a lot of touchdowns. They didn't cause any turnovers, but things are looking up, right? Marcus Peters is now healthy. Marlon Humphrey played 12 games last year. He's now healthy. They sound Kyle Fuller, Marcus Williams, drafted Kyle Hamilton. Now, where do you rank this secondary in the NFL? Is this the best secondary on paper in the NFL? Got kid. It's up there. Um, I don't see Kyle Fuller as a huge deal, right? If we're looking at Kyle Fuller, what he did last season, I mean, he he might be coming off his worst season yet. He allowed 126 pass rate when targeted, 66% completion percentage. He kind of split time in the slot and out wide. So I'm curious to see with Marcus Peters and Humphrey there. Like Humphrey can move into the slot and be the best slot corner in the NFL. Um, but you probably want your best corner on the outside guarding the team's best wide receiver. I'm not sure if he shadows 100% of the time. Not many guys do that at all. Um, but it would be interesting to see just how they figure out this cornerback room. I mean, it's a good thing to have, you know, multiple corners who could play multiple positions being on the outside or in the slot. Um, but the rest of the secondary is great. Marlon Humphrey, like we mentioned, if he's going to play on the outside or the slot, he's going to be fantastic in either position. Marcus Peters is volatile. You know, he's probably the most aggressive corner in the NFL, so he can have those big plays where he gets pick sixes, but he's also going to get beat on those double routes and, you know, down the field just because he's going to go for those interceptions rather than trying to stick with the wide receiver um, or wherever he might be guarding. But then bringing in Marcus Williams, I mean, that's a no-brainer. He's one of the best safeties in the league, one of the best uh, free safeties at that, being your last line defense. And then uh, Kyle Hamilton, too. I wasn't the highest on Hamilton. I don't know what exactly his role is going to be in this defense because he's not playing free safety because, first of all, Marcus Williams is one of the best in the league at that. And second of all, he's I don't think he has the speed to play free safety, at least right now, judging his tape based on Notre Dame. Um, but at the very least, he could be a box safety for them, guard tight ends as well. He's very versatile. He's big. He could tackle. So they'll have a role for him at the very least, obviously taking him in the first round. Um, I just don't know. 
He makes a huge impact year one. Um, although, if anyone could do it, it's the Ravens defense and their coaching staff. But I think a few other teams that are in the conversation, at least, one has to be the Buffalo Bills. Last season, numbers-wise, you know they were at the top of everything. But I know we've gone back and forth. If you look at their schedule, they did play some pretty shitty quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still have Trey White coming back. You selected uh, Kyrie Elam in the first round. So your secondary group, at least corner specifically, should be improved. Um, and then you have arguably the best safety duo in the league with Poyer and Micah Hyde. Bringing in Von Miller as a pass rusher, that's only going to help your secondary and you know being that's able facts. to get to the quarterback quicker, take the pressure off those cornerbacks. And then the other team I want to mention is, is the Browns. Um, I feel like that's one team we might overlook, you know, when we talk about all these secondaries, but having Denzel Ward, who's one of the best corners, he's just got a $100 million deal. Greedy Williams, Greg Newsom, they've spent some high draft capital on this cornerback and secondary room. They had the third best coverage grade in the NFL, and quarterbacks just had a 70 pass rate and were targeting them. Shout out to PFF for that that little nugget there. <laughs> um, so those are the two teams that are in the conversation. The Ravens have the potential to do it, but with Kyle Fuller coming off a down year, Humphrey and Peters coming off injuries, Hamilton a rookie, Marcus Williams is going to be great. I just don't know if I can put them number one right now. I'm under similar belief also. You, you mentioned the Bills, so I won't go in, in depth too much about them. It's pretty self-explanatory. They were the number one pass defense in the league last year. They have arguably the best safety duo in the league. You you bring back Trey White. God willing, he's he stays healthy. You should be fine in the secondary there. And these are guys that have done it. You can trust that they're going to be great. Now, a team you didn't mention, the Chargers. Santi Samuel. You add J.C. Jackson, Bryce Callahan, Derwin James, Nasir Elderly. The, this group right here has the potential to be the best secondary in the league. In my opinion, I have them in my preseason rankings, the best secondary in the league. Derwin James, when he's on the field, is at worst the second best safety in NFL. Derwin James is so versatile in what he can do and, and what he provides for the Chargers. You see when he's off the field, the defense is just not anywhere near as dominant as opposed to when he's on the field that his impact is felt immediately another team that I have here is the Green Bay Packers you had Jair Alexander go out last season and that secondary didn't miss a beat Eric Stokes really good Roswell Douglas really good Jair Alexander that cornerback tandem is unbelievably great Adrian Amos is is a really really good safety uh, excuse me Adrian Amos is a really good safety the Ravens there's just too many question marks in sense of staying healthy Young guys and Kyle Hamilton. We don't know what he's actually going to be yet. So, yes, do they have a chance? Sure, but I trust the Chargers. I trust the Packers, who are going to be potentially a top-five defense. If everything stays the way that it is, Jair Alexander stays on the field. I I just look at these teams, and I just have them with the edge over the Ravens. There is a reason why Kyle Fuller struggled last year. And the reason why he struggles is because he's not a slot corner. And the Broncos, because of Bryce Callahan's injury and inconsistency, he had a play slot corner. And that's where he's bad. He got drafted in 2014. He's played in the NFL with the Chicago Bears for six seasons, 96 games total. His snaps in the slot in those seasons combined in 96 games combined was 84 snaps at slot. In Denver in one year, 265. So if Callahan is the primary slot guy there, why do you play so much in the slot? How many games did Bryce Callahan play this past year? I could, I could check before you can. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, you because of injury? Yeah. Um, but th- that's the reason why Kyle Fuller struggled. He's not a slot corner. He's an outside corner. And this is the one year where he played slot. And there's a reason why quarterbacks targeted him because he's not comfortable there. Maybe this past season has made him more comfortable, so now he knows maybe he's going to Baltimore to play that. He can be better. Who knows? 
But that's what I think. I mean, in your first six seasons, in your one year in Denver, you played more snaps in a slot than any season you played in your in your entire career combined. Up to that point, it's a huge positional change for somebody, even for a Pro Bowl caliber corner like Kyle Fuller. That's a big time adjustment for him to make. The only thing that's holding me back from ranking the Ravens as the top secondary is just the depth outside of the big three of Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, and Kyle Fuller. Outside of those guys, Jalen Armour Davis, Kevin Seymour, Iman Marshall. These aren't very these aren't good corners. Yeah, but they not don't many, have depth. How many teams have depth behind three corners? Not a lot of teams have a third corner they could really rely on. Because I was gonna say, if if we're just talking safety as a whole, you have Marcus Williams, you bring him in as addition. That's huge. Kyle Hamilton, if Kyle Hamilton is what everyone thinks that he is. You if, think the Chuck Ravens secondary is better than the safety. Dolphins? Yeah. You think so? As a collective. Yeah. I mean, Xavier, Xavier Howard, Javon Byron Holland, Jones, Nick Needham. Byron Jones is Eric a Rowe. He is so weird. Javon Holland. Javon Holland was Yeah, phenomenal. Javon Holland's mad good. I, I would probably... I would take their corner room. And then Marcus Williams. I mean, Holland and Peter. I mean, Holland and Marcus Williams do different things, but they're both great safeties. Yeah. Um, so Callahan played 11 games this past year. I think I would take so, Ravens. For, so what because would you, Sorry, go ahead. So, no, I'm saying I would take the Ravens secondary group. Okay, Just, Colts, Stephon Gilmore, Isaiah Rogers, Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore Julian Blackman now healthy, Kerry Willis. Probably would lean Ravens. Yeah. Chargers, J.C. Jackson, Chargers. Asante, Char- Bryce. Chargers got it. Packers. Packers got it. Bills. Bills yeah. probably Bills, they probably Trey will be better. Himself. I agree. In my opinion, I think the Ravens are definitely a top five secondary in football. Um, and their two biggest needs going into this offseason was their secondary for sure and their offensive line. Signing Morgan Moses, drafting Tyler Linderbaum. At least their offensive line, I think, should be average. I don't think it's going to be great, but it should be average. But in terms of my top five secondaries in football. Number five is tough. Number five is between the Colts and the Dolphins. The Stephon Gilmore addition was huge. Kenny Moore, Pro Bowler. Xavier Howard, Javon Holland are standouts on Miami for sure. But I don't trust Byron Jones much. But my top four are locks. Number four, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Number three, Buffalo Bills. Best safety tandem in the NFL. Trey White, CB1. I love the Kyre um, Elam draft, that draft pick they made. Number two, Chargers. For sure. If they can all stay healthy, this is going to be, it probably might be the best secondary in football, but Derwin James and his health is always a question mark. For sure. Bryce Callahan for the past couple of seasons That's true. as he, well. He, played, he started six last year, played in 10. And let's see what J.C. Jackson does. I'm a big J.C. Jackson guy. But number, I think the best secondary in football is the Green Bay Packers. That's fine. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Razul Douglas, Darnell Savage. Adrian Amos. Mm-hmm. I think that is the best secondary in football, like, so in my if, opinion. If you're Baltimore and you don't want uh, Kyle Fuller playing in the slot, you move Marlon Humphrey to the slot and take away you know, that probably more important to play on the outside. Now, receivers move all over the place. You see Jettis in the slot, Cooper in the slot. So, you know, it's not all black and white, but... It really depends. It really outside. depends on, you know, we're obviously not in those meetings, so we don't know what the Ravens signed him to be, to play. Uh, but I can imagine that He's either if he's not a not the slot, I think he's a depth piece. I I don't I wouldn't put Marlon Humphrey. In I was going to say I feel personally. like you you probably bring in Kyle Fuller. To well, Marlon play. Humphrey also travels, so you probably yes. bring in Kyle Fuller to play the slot because he had this past season of being a slot corner, even though he wasn't, wasn't good, not great, and you adjust from there. 
if Marlon says, listen, we're getting destroyed in the slot, put me on the slot, we know Kyle's like that on the outside, maybe because he just has that kind of stain in the locker room. But I think Kyle comes in and immediately he's probably the slot corner. And they'll move these guys around. Exactly. Yeah. You make adjustments. Marcus Peters is on the on outside. The outside facts. Yeah, I mean, and you look at, I think probably actually looking at these numbers, Marlon Humphrey probably plays a slot. You look at since t- in 2020, 484 snaps at slot corner. Oh, More than at the outside. I thought he was primarily 2021, he had 204 uh, snaps in a slot, 443 at the wide. But let's okay. look at 2019, yeah, 546 I mean, snaps at slot, 353 at, at outside. He could play both. So. so I think Kyle Fuller and Marcus Peters become your boundary corners. Yeah. Marlon Humphrey now is a full-time slot, is going to have most of his snaps there. And we even saw like Marlon Humphrey this past season had one of his worst years to this point as a pro probably because he was playing in the slot more often and wasn't in the he was he was playing on the outside more often. I mean, we saw multiple I mean, the Jamar Chase game sticks out to me the most. Of but Jamar's going to Jamar. Jamar's going to beat everyone. Yeah, Jamar's going to Jamar. Why? Cuz he's top 3. Should I put Jamar Chase on my top 3 receivers? I'll tell you what, if you put top, Jamar in your top 3, I would shake your hand. Does Cooper Cup start off at 1? No. Or do I say he has a down year, doesn't have the same season and it's, move him it's 2021 plus projection for 2022. Cooper Cooper Cup could be amazing. He's not putting up your put-up. Cooper Cup top five? Yes. Yes. Hey, look at me. Yes. No, of course, of course. I'm just going to give you guys a little sneak peek. This is my mindset right now. I'm thinking of Jefferson one, Jamar two. My brother. I love that. Adams three, Cooper four. I'm fine. It's fine. Jet is one. Jet is one's cool. Jamar being one though, I would not scoff at it. Jamar at one would nah, I got it for Jamar one. Yeah, exactly. Jamar exactly. Chase. What? Nah, Jamar's him. He Jamar's just him. broke course, Jefferson's yeah. record. Nah, yeah. Jamar, Jamar really ridiculous. he's really already on track to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, <laughs> he can't so go wrong either good. way. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like I mean Cooper Cup could but, have a hey, spectacular season. Jed is gonna have the Cooper Cup role in Minnesota, don't forget that. Ooh, yeah, that's low true. key. That's true. Don't forget that. Don't, make, don't look silly hopefully, having him Hopefully two, Kevin O'Connell is not a Hopefully Kevin O'Connell is uh, the real deal. The real deal, yeah. And Kirk Cousins also. Kirk's gonna be fine. Kirk nah, is. I'm just. Real I'm just. We know. Chatting shit. Kirk does it. Yeah. Um. Next topic. Colin Kaepernick gets a workout with the Raiders. Mark Davis has been a big advocate of Colin, so there is some optimism he may sign with the Raiders. What are your thoughts on this? On this story? On him potentially getting a shot in the NFL? I'm definitely happy for Colin Kaepernick. I want to see him back into the NFL. I'm sure I'm not the only person that wants to see Colin back on the football field. I want to see Colin in a position where he actually has a chance to to really get some burn. You bring him to to Las Vegas, he's most likely just going to sit the bench the entire season un- unless something happens that no one wants to see, which is Derek Carr having an injury, which would be really the only way Colin sees the football field in any manner if he joins the the, the Raiders. But it's a step in the right direction for Colin Kaepernick. I, I, this really is is a, a strong shift for the NFL. You really had this glossing over of Colin Kaepernick, and and he just didn't. The way that the league handled that situation with Colin Kaepernick did not look good on the league at all. The fact that they blackballed Colin Kaepernick for as long as they did, the fact that they were willing to give him this large amount of money to to basically admit to the fact that they blackballed him from the NFL. It's good to see him getting this opportunity. I would love to see Colin back on the field. Yeah, Kaepernick. I mean, he deserves a shot. He's better than a lot of backups. I mean, we have guys like Tom oh Savage God, and no no slouch to them, but like 
You know, there's a lot of guys that are backups in the NFL that Colin Kaepernick is better than. Colin Kaepernick should have been the Broncos' starting quarterback for a while yeah, now. Uh, yeah, for a, a while, while now. now. For a while now. With the Paxton Lynch days and Trevor Simeon. You know, there, there's a bunch of guys in the league that are not as good as Colin Kaepernick, but we know his story and everything that he's done, which is why he really got blackballed from the league. I mean, it's crazy. Like, 2016 was the last time he played. Six years ago seems like such a long time ago. And he's not the most accurate quarterback, right? Like, he's always floated around 60%. But, like, his touch on interception ratio is 72 to 30 in his career. Like, that's ridiculous. That's you know, really like, he's, he had some really great years, obviously, with San Francisco, the only team he's, he's played for. That 2013 season going 12 and 4, you know, that Packers game in the playoffs really sticks out where, like, you have that, that dual threat quarterback that we hadn't seen in a long time where he was just able to do it with his arm and the legs just honestly one of the most explosive players in the league at his prime just wasn't the most refined quarterback um but who knows like how his career would have panned out if he was able to stay healthy and and not really get blackballed out of the league so he definitely deserves a shot if he does go to the Raiders he's going to be the backup but I think for Kaepernick just getting your foot in the door being able to be a backup being able to sign a contract again with an NFL team that's going to go a long way because he's going to be able to play in the preseason and training camp and you know there's going to be talks just going around the league and the league circles how he's how is he in the locker room how is he you know in the quarterback meetings how does he handle himself with head coaches and offensive coordinators and all of these guys um in the building which i have no doubt he's gonna be fine with um but it's just gonna be good to kind of get his name out there and he deserves a shot to be a backup at the very least this workout with the raiders means that he's okay with being a backup right i mean Derek. he has to be yeah Derek carr is the quarterback there we know this um i think it's about time colin gets a shot i mean it's been time he should have been he should have got a shot a while ago overdue i mean he's already stated that he wants he's okay with being a backup and if that's the case then there's no reason why he shouldn't be on an nfl roster he'd probably be the best backup quarterback in the nfl and you look at the raiders like last year they had marcus Mariota as the backup Derek carr starting i think colin kaepernick brings a similar skill set to marcus Mariota, a dual threat ability so and you can never have you can never have it's never a bad thing to have a great backup quarterback. Never. Derek Carr goes down. Colin Kaepernick can win games for the Raiders, keep them competitive in them at least. But in terms of just like other teams. Um, yeah, their current the, backup is Jared Stidham. Yeah. No, he's better. The Panthers right now could use Colin, but they spent to pick on Matt Corral. They have Donald there, so you know they probably don't go after him. The Falcons, they invested in Marcus Mariota, Desmond they Ritter. Still could throw, they still get the facts. Yeah, Ritter. At least the only team... In my opinion, that could use Colin Kaepernick is the Seattle Seahawks. That's fair. Really. Like yeah. Drew Locke and Geno, those are the two guys there. Like Colin Kaepernick goes there. He's easily the best quarterback in, in that room. So that's the team that can really use him if like he wanted a shot to start. Maybe the Dolphins, right? Like, what, <laughs> what do you think, Drew? Next question. He's not better than Teddy Bridgewater, bro. No disrespect to, to Cap, but he's not that's better than Bridgewater. You know? They might be on the same tier. Yeah. Tua? They might be on the same tier. Oh, we're going to get some Tua talk later. Yeah, you guys never, really never just show me you guys don't know ball. <laughs> <laughs> Drew keeps trying to show me videos of Tua in shorts and a t-shirt throwing bro, the ball. And be like, bro, did you up. see this video today? I was shut like, what? The one of like the 14 nah, Tyreek Hill did say like he threw the nicest ball he's ever caught, he right? Yeah. He did say that. So we're, we're just not going to believe him because that's right. Well, that's were, his I mean, quarterback. Who were his quarterbacks yeah. before Patrick Mahomes? Alex Smith. Right? Alex, Bef- Alex before Smith Patrick Mahomes, right? The, the, but that's why I don't believe it, The son of the NFL. But that's why I can't believe it. Come on. Like, or maybe Mahomes is overrated. You could be a Tua fan and also be realistic. Like, bro, Patrick I'm, Mahomes, come on. 
Yeah, because it's his most sense. hated quarterback to his most loved quarterback, so Dude. he's gonna run with it. Because it's not only not only is it encouraging and a positive for Tua, it's also a huge negative to Mahomes. So he's like, yeah, you're, you're was, picking mud. I was basking in that. I was basking oh, in such a that. Thing to say. What basking? Pick, no, pick oh, mud. yeah, that. <laughs> you know, we usually do would you rather's for the NBA. But I thought it'd be a nice idea to incorporate "Would You Rather" for the NFL and do a little NFL edition. This is about and it's going to be this going to be fun because you know the player we're going to use today is Michael Thomas. We know that Michael Thomas has had an ankle injury for how many years now, and you know some people Prayers still view Mike. him as a top receiver because 2019 he set records, and you know even though Joel that was two years said ago, he has MT in his top ten. Even though yeah, it's a lie, and even though <laughs> even though MT hasn't played, hasn't been himself in a while, we'll see. Let's see what names you guys you know would rather have. Let's do it. So, would you rather Michael Thomas edition, Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, DJ Moore? This is no, we're not thinking about this. This is DJ Moore. My God, when Michael Thomas is on the field, he's you definitely see, you see better. what he's doing with PJ Walker, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Bro, Cam good. Newton. He's mad good. He's not better than Michael who's your Thomas. Pick? I'm taking Michael Thomas. Mike Williams. Michael Thomas. That's closer. I'll take Michael Thomas. Thank you, Garrett Wilson. Dude, I want to so bad, dude. Like, come on, it's, Michael I'll, Thomas. I'll get it's Michael Thomas. Yes, CD Lamb. Oh. Michael Thomas. I'm going Michael Thomas also. T. Higgins. Damn. Who's putting up better numbers next year is a different question. That's than the, who right, I'd rather this have. is the who is the who, who would you rather, rather have? Kills me, T. Higgins. Man. Ah, T. Higgins. <laughs> Michael Thomas. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Michael Thomas. Debo Samuel. Debo, Debo. Samuel. DK Metcalf. DK. Who would you rather have? DK. DK. DK, but oh man, when Michael Thomas is on the field, we just can't forget that he is amazing. He is. He is like one of the best receivers. What were you doing in your life three years ago? Because that's when the last time Michael oh Thomas my played. God. And I, he, I was in a lot of different positions. And he was that. mad good. Right? He was phenomenal. He was crazy good. He was out of this world good. I'm taking DK, but I could regret that. Keenan Allen. I'm going Keenan, but going like, Thomas. yeah. I, I only say Keenan because he has Herbert. Okay. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Take a Jalen Waddle for sure. Come on, Waddle. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Mike. I don't love Mike. Mike Evans. Evans Mike I should Evans. say they both have the same first name. And now, last one, Terry McLaurin. Michael Terry, Thomas. Terry. I'll take Terry. No, no, Darnell Mooney. <laughs> I was gonna mention him. Right. Would you, what would you have said? Who's putting up better numbers next year? Darnell Mooney. <laughs> God, bro. Darnell Mooney's putting up better bro, numbers see, than Michael Thomas. Next year. You no. said you said Michael Thomas for more of the names than I expected you to say. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Because you're a big Michael Thomas hate. I thought you were gonna spice it up a little bit. No, I thought you were ready for the internet. I mean, internet you know it's gonna be crazy too because the internet's gonna slander me for saying Michael Thomas over a lot of these guys. They're gonna slander regardless. I know that's if so I, true. Listen, I. Like if you would have said Garrett in, Wilson though, if you would have said Garrett Wilson, I would have smacked you. Stop. <laughs> okay, okay, bro, okay, stop. Okay. I know, I know. I'm sorry. You're embarrassing I'm sorry. me. What about Elijah Moore? It's easy. What about Braxton Berrios? <laughs> Damn. Now it's a conversation. <laughs> Michael Thomas. He's a dude. MT is him. He's he, so he is good. Him. He is him. But there's something about guys missing NFL football for two years, two full seasons. You know, like that. I don't think you just walk back in and you're the a top three receiver. 
I'm not saying he's the top three. Still put Diggs, still put Debo, DK, Keenan. You you were stuck on DK for DK a second. DK is a conversation to have. Like, MT is so dominant. So is DK. He is. He's a what about DeAndre being, Hopkins? Take DeAndre. I'll take D-Hop. Okay. Because they're both coming off injuries. I understand, but right? DeAndre is still. Hollywood? Take MT. You don't, you don't feel good about it, though? Hollywood's gonna go crazy this season, man. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it's a different conversation between who puts up better numbers next yeah. year. Because like Michael Thomas, I don't if think Michael Thomas, all right, but hear 12. me out. Let's live in this hypothetical, okay? Because we love that. I do. Week one, MT's on the field. Cool. Okay, you're putting him over every almost every name that we said. Almost every name. A lot, including DJ Moore. No. Come on, Ooh, man. No. Come on. with your DJ franchise. DJ Moore stop, is proven. Let me finish. He is proven. I'm going to lose my mind. Three years in a row. That's my point. Bro, DJ Moore, three years in a row, he's proven. And Michael Thomas came into the NFL and put up 11. I'll be honest. Don't disrespect his name. I'm happy I looked up his pro football reference page before we got on this episode. You're welcome. You would have embarrassed yourself. I'm not going to lie. I would look dumb as hell. And with your franchise quarterback (laughs) in Jameis Winston, who you had as a top 16 quarterback in the NFL, you're telling me that Michael Thomas isn't going to... Michael Thomas? Like... Let please be real. Are you yeah. He's insane. He's insane. And technically, he's only had a one down year. Exactly. And that was the but year he's, that he's he got. Wait, no, no, he didn't play this. It, no, he got two, hurt. Yeah, no, no, he years. got yeah, yeah. hurt. So he hasn't been himself in two years. Yeah. But 1,100, 1,200, 1,700. We can't. Bro, catches. He is unbelievable. He was literally great. on pace to be the best receiver of all time. Yo, I'm like, that's it's, not even far fetched. Like, AB was too, but then AB, you know, That one hurts. That one hurts. Yeah. But Thomas is literally on trajectory to be the best wide receiver. He's so good. Like that's his why last whole season was 2019? 20, no, 2019, yeah, 2019. 2019. Yep. yep. Bro, like you can't make so up So we haven't seen 2020 him. he played like a uh, half a season, I think even less. In 2021 he missed the so entire So we haven't year. seen him play with Jameis. Or nope. the, yeah, no. It's no, just with Jameis Brees. He played 7 games in 2020 starting. Actually, we did five. see okay, him play yeah, with Jameis. That's why. He did I, play I, with facts. That's why I'm second guessing myself. Yeah. AFC East predictions. Last week we did AFC West. Now, first team, the Buffalo Bills, eleven and six last season, thirteen seconds away from the AFC Championship. Choke artists. Well, Should the go. Buffalo Bills not only be favorites to win the AFC, but the Super Bowl? Like, what are your thoughts on this? I'll tell you this. I was going through their schedule. Not many losses. It's hard to find losses. I'm gonna be honest. Like I had to force a couple. Also, yeah. there's like there's a strong chance that they could lose like two, potentially even one game if they are who we think they if are. They stay healthy. At, like that's the only thing. That them, being bro. said, you, they lost to Jacksonville no, last year. They had some losses. That they of course, that, that's it's, why it it's, the NFL, it's the NFL. But off of straight up, who should win their matchup? You could go into every single week and say the Bills can win. Uh, I'll say this. You add Von Miller to that defensive line. They needed some pressure on that line. You bring in one of the best pa- uh, pass rushers of last season. You add to the secondary, bring in an Elam. You bring in James Cook now to add to that running back room to give you some security. We we seem to differ on that, but I'm firmly under the belief that James Cook... I just don't James think Cook, James Cook's going to be a game changer for them. I think he'll be a nice complimentary piece, possibly. I definitely am confident that James Cook is going to be that for them. Okay. He is going to come in and provide them what they haven't had in a, a consistent, solid pass catching back. And he's going to show elusiveness. He's going to show versatility. And James Cook is going to thrive. What about Matt Burita, My only, who? Matt Burita? And for the speed? You got to love that. You got to love that. He's a great Madden guy. No, for sure. One of the best Madden players in the history of the game. Uh, My 
the one thing that if I'm nitpicking would be a wide receiver too, but that's if you're not a Gabriel Davis breakout stand. Are you? Like Gabe, I am. You're, you're I okay. believe that Gabriel Davis. So you're nitpicking is, for? I, I'm, I'm nitpicking. I'm just oh, come oh. on because you know you you go into the season. So who is? You, sorry to cut you off, but whose side are you on? I'm under a thousand yards. He's over a thousand. With Josh Allen at QB, they have all the faith in the world in Gabe Davis. He's in that over. Oh, okay. he's in that over. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> he's in that over. Cool. Uh, and again, this is if I'm nitpicking, and if you're not a, a, a Gabriel Davis stand, which Joel is okay. not. not um. And you have Jay Crowder as your wide receiver three, which I'm a fan of. I love Jay Crowder coming out of the slot. That's huge. And especially with Josh Allen at quarterback, there's really nothing to worry about. He's going to elevate these guys. Gabriel Davis had a 200-yard, four-touchdown game in the playoffs. Josh Allen can make the guys around him significantly better. Now, I still expect them to be one of the best <laughs> offenses in the NFL, regardless of, of whether you have a question about their wide receiver. So I'm going to go through their, their schedule really fast. I'm only going to name the losses, yeah, really. Thanks. Okay, Week three, I have them losing at Miami um, against Cleveland in Buffalo, given the fact that it's post the six to eight games that we think that Deshaun's going to miss. I think Deshaun can get a win there. And I have them losing at Cincinnati. I have them going 14-3. Other than that, I I don't see them really struggling. Like, yes, it's the NFL. You can lose to anyone on any given yeah. week. But this team is just so well-rounded, so great top to bottom. They're going to be dominant. And, yes, I do think that they will be the number one seed in the AFC. You said it perfectly. It's hard to find losses on the Bills schedule. I went through and gave them their wins and losses. And I, I came, my ending record was 14-3. and three, But I don't. Like it's hard for me to think that. Like we're gonna talk about a team later where it was hard for them to find wins, but I kind of go through it all, and then once I have the record, I adjust it by like a game or two because I'm like, all right, they're not gonna win all these games in a row. They're gonna drop one to a Minnesota, Cleveland, like just something's gonna happen, like the Jacksonville game. Right? I did that with Miami. Yeah. So in terms of like, should the Bills be the favorites? They were my number one power ranking team, right? I think they're the best team in the league, the most complete team, bringing in Von Miller, Kyrie Elam, really just securing up. A couple of weak points with them being pass rusher in the opposite corner, being uh, you know opposite of Trey White, but I mean they have Josh Allen. They have the best quarterback in the league. They have Stephon Diggs, who's a top six wide receiver in the league. I love that you're on this wave. The, Josh Allen, the Josh than Allen. I, oh, yeah, bro. God. Like, the, the, I the, mean they're the one day. and two for me. They're one A, one B. Like week to week, it's, it could change. The you debates know? that we used to have, man. You I was, so I was right. I was right. Mahomes. I mean, I was right last year. Mahomes and the Chiefs beat Josh Allen. It, it's it was, facts. But dude, it's facts. Josh Allen played better. Cool, but Mahomes won. God. Lost to Cincy, unfortunately. Because these bums can't tackle Tyreek, man. <laughs> I mean, you could say that about so 90% everyone, of the league. Everyone. Yeah. Um, but the Bills, yeah, I think they're going to be the number one seed. I think they're going to easily... I know we talked about it earlier, or us in total on the show, about Miami possibly winning the division. I don't see a world where they are even within two games, three games of the it's Bills, gonna maybe. It's going to be gonna very be difficult for any of these teams um, to really come in and compete with the Bills in the AFC East. The three losses I have... Like I said, I had to find losses week one at the Rams, week six at Kansas City, and then week 17 at Cincinnati. They probably lose another game in division. Whoever, Whatever team it is, the, I don't think it's Patriots, the Jets, the, the Dolphins. I think they'll lose at least one divisional game. I have them going 6-0, and but I find that hard to believe. And then at Baltimore versus Pitt versus Green Bay, Minnesota, Cleveland, like they're going to lose a game or two there. So I have them at 14-3. and I don't know which game exactly they're going to lose, but I think they'll probably end up being 12-5. and their toughest games are on the road. You got the Rams week one on the road, Baltimore on the road, week four, week six on the road at KC. Those are the three toughest games. And they have a bye week. You go play Green Bay at home. 
then you go play Cleveland at home, and then you play Cincinnati on the road week 17. Those are the toughest games for me. The Rams, Baltimore, KC, Green Bay, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Those are six games where I'm like, they can go either way. And I, I, like, I don't know, like maybe the Bills are favored, maybe they're not. But outside of that, I think the Bills should be favored in every single game. And depending on what the record is in those six games versus those tough teams is going to determine where I think they finish. My record for them is 13 and four. I mean, they had, so they, they were one of the best teams in the NFL already. 13 seconds away from the AFC championship. I think if they win that game, they win the Super Bowl. Like, that was my Super Bowl pick last year. I think they would have beat Cincinnati. I think they would have beat the Rams. Nah, Josh Allen would have held that trophy. And, you know, I not too long ago, I watched the documentary, The Four Falls of Buffalo. Heartbreaking. Very, oh, my Heartbreaking. God. Heartbreaking. Very tough to watch. Ever since then, you know, I know the AFC East is my division. I'm a New York Jets fan. I know these are supposed to be my and rivals. But I, Tom Brady lover. It, it's hard it's not to be a Josh... Backwards. Allen guy, <laughs> Mac Jones. I was hiring him out of college, and the Patriots happened to select them. And then Dolphins are the only team I don't, I sincerely don't like. like I really don't like the Dolphins. I wonder why. I don't like the Dolphins. Can you take it easy, man? I don't like the you Dolphins. You need help, man. I don't like the there's Dolphins. Some, there's an anger inside you, bro, that I, I think that needs to be. I don't know really how you take the Dolphins and, more than the Patriots, bro. And look, but at, the bro. additions, though, Roger Saffold. He was the 15th best graded run blocker, but in pass pro, he's he's, he's not good. 70, 72nd ranked out of 84. I mean, that's horrible. Um, but Jameson Crowder, Von Miller now gives them a true a, a true elite presence, edge rusher. presence on the edge. Tim Settle, I love that addition. They lost Harrison Phillips to Minnesota, so this was a nice addition. And O.J. Howard, you know, he's former first-round pick. Hopefully he can find his groove with the Bills. He didn't do it with Tampa Bay, but he's going to be the second tight end. You got Dawson Knox there still. Dog. They needed a pass rusher. Wake up, kid. They got it with Von Miller. They, got OJ they needed to run it back. James Cook is okay. You know, I wasn't the highest on him, uh, but I think they can get it done. You know, Went to the they, perfect situation for him to thrive. The Bills have shown that they don't need to run the ball to win games. Excellent. They've already shown it. And to me, that's why I'm not too worried about it. I like, but you, you said it. You know, I think this is Gabe Davis' breakout season. I think he's going to have a thousand yards this year. Will he crack my top thirty-two receivers? There's a chance. Ooh. There's a chance we see Gabe Davis on Bro, there. Bro, Auden Tate, Auden Tate, he's top forty. Oh I'm my gonna save god, for that list. Gabe Davis. There's a there's a chance he cracks that list. I'm just saying, dude. I'm a huge Gabe guy. I'm gonna throw up at this list, for dude. Right yeah, no, this list is going to be hilarious. I love Gabe Davis. Know. Man. When it comes to your guys, where you're just such a casual. <laughs> when Yo, it comes Jeff. to your guys, bro, it's like, oh my that's God. rude. Yo, that's rude. I'm going to see some dumb shit. It's going to be like Gabe Davis over like Darnell Mooney. Or fucking... Yo, you put Gabe Davis over Darnell Mooney, though. That's nuts. I don't know. Maybe if Gabe Davis was number one receiver on the Bears. Hell no. You don't think he, he no. does that? No. Bro, Is Darnell he... Mooney was on the Bills. Oh my goodness. You, I'm not even kidding, bro. Darnell would go crazy. We've seen Darnell Mooney look, make Jalen Ramsey look silly. I don't know, but Darnell Mooney has never had a 200-yard four touchdown performance in the playoffs. That's, listen, he's okay. got a point. But has Gabe Davis ever had a 1,000-yard season? Darnell Mooney did year two mm. with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Sometimes the numbers are deceiving. No, no, no. There's it, none deceiving there's about 1,000. No, no. no. And he passes the eye test as hell. Correct. I wouldn't put Darnell over Gabe. Thank God. But Gabe can make an appearance. Is Gabe going to be over Garrett Wilson? Possible. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> It's possible. Oh, Gabe Davis God. or Tyler Boyd? Gabe Davis. 
Tyler Boyd. <laughs> oh, you're bugging. Nah. As a number three? Yeah. That's crazy. That's rude. That's Tyler rude. Boyd. You're getting rude. I'm not. Jay, Crow- good as fuck. Jay Crowder or uh, Gabriel Davis? At this point, Gabe Davis. Two wow. years ago, Jay Crowder. Okay. Two years ago, Jay okay. Crowder. I'm just gauging where you're at. Uh, Jay Crowder. Jameson. That's why I'm... Jay Crowder. I know, but I'm thinking Jay Crowder. Amon like, uh, Ra or Gabe Davis? Amon Ra? Yeah. Amon Ra. Yeah, for sure. Jameson Williams Jameson. or Gabe Davis? Jameson. He's your wide receiver Jameson. one. Jameson, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Levante just... Parker or Gabe Davis? Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. Yeah. Okay. That was easy. Easy, right? Dude, when we talk about the Pats, it's about to get ugly. I'm so happy, man. I mean, let's talk about it now. Their downfall like makes that. me so happy. But this is another hard team to 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 analyze. Truthfully, this is a hard team to find wins. <laughs> recently, <laughs> recently there was a report that came out um, from Greg Bedard. Hopefully, I'm saying that right from Boston Sports Journal that he's hearing concerns about the Pats' offensive stats. Oh, brother! Last um, offensive staff last year they went ten and seven, made the playoffs, got embarrassed by the Bills in wild card round. Is this a year that the Patriots finally fall off? I know after Tom Brady left, they didn't make the playoffs, but then they bounced back right after. Now, you know, there there's a lot of question marks around them. Will the Patriots' offensive questions lead to a bad season, or are you more worried about the defense in the Patriots' case? I mean, who knows? How do you feel about the Patriots going into 2022? You want me to go? Sure. I'll say this. This team on paper, on paper, is not not good. <laughs> it's it's not, bro. I don't mean to laugh at them. But at the same time, you have to respect Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is too good to allow this team to be as bad as I'm predicting them to be. Which is why I'm acknowledging that fact. I could be very wrong because Bill Belichick's the greatest head coach, arguably, in sports. But I look at this team and I look at their wide receiver core and Devontae Parker is their wide receiver one. I am a I'm one of the bigger Kendrick Bourne fans that you will meet, and for him to be a, a a prominent piece in this offense is concerning to me. You can't ignore their their rushing ability with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, but you can't ignore the fact that Ted Karras is gone and Shaq Mason is gone as well. Now on the defensive side of the ball, is their defense anywhere like is it? Should I be impressed by any means? Uh, the defense does not have any big names. No real presence on the on the on the on the line. Linebackers are weak. Their secondary unit really is McCourty and, and who after Kyle that? Duggar. Duggar Excuse me, I apologize. Yes, yeah, but even Duggar. still, he's good. I'm looking at this team, and if Mac Jones, he's Gabe Davis, good. It really comes down to Mac Jones. If Mac Jones takes a strong stride in his development. Maybe this team will be better than I'm predicting them to be. But if Mac Jones continues to play the way that he played this past season, and this past season is basically around what you'll see out of Mac Jones for the rest of his career, Patriots are screwed. Now I'll say this. I'm just going to come out with it. I have them going 5-12. and 12. This is not a really good football team. I'll tell you the wins that I have, and I really was – like there were some that I'm, I'm being generous. Like at Pittsburgh, I gave them a win – I don't know if I feel great about that. At Cleveland, I don't know if I feel great about that. It's still within that six games, so that's why I was able to to go with with New England winning. I have them beating Chicago. I'm not going to be that disrespectful. I have them splitting with the Jets. Uh, that's a win. What you have with Detroit? Oh, I, I have Detroit beating, beating them. them. I have Detroit beating them. And I have them in week 17 beating Miami. Those are my five wins. I'm shocked you gave uh, them the win over Miami. 
you still have to respect Bill Belichick. Two, two or three and oh against against the Pats. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. We're gonna talk about Miami. Facts. He's not losing to another team that he hasn't lost to. Okay, swiftly moving on. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about the Patriots, and I was like, this team is bad, right? Like, not to be rude, but there's no explosive players. There's no one on this team that really excites me, and they're calm for me. Like, if you did an NBA comp, I think for the Spurs. I think they have that. Yo, that is scarily accurate. They have Popovich and Belichick. You know, you always think the brand, they've won championships. They've had all-time guys. They've had all-time head coaches. And we kind of think of them every year. They're going to be in the mix. They're going to make the playoffs. No, Spurs has been a few years. But, you know, the Spurs lost Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, Kawhi. The Patriots lost Tom Brady and a bunch of other guys to go with. The Shaq Mason fell off. Julian uh, Julian Edelman over the years. And, you know, the list goes on and on. Gronk, Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, RIP. You know, all these guys that <laughs> they've lost all of their superstars, all the guys that really made the Patriots the dynasty they have. It's It's been a while, you know, obviously since they've, they've been that dynasty. But it's hard for me to look at this team and like, what are they like? What are they going to be really good at? They're going to run the ball with Andre and Damian Harris. They'll probably have a top 15 offensive line again, even without Shaq Mason. I still think they'll be solid. But again, it's like. Like I said about the running backs, they're good. They're not special. Mac Jones is good. He's not special. Hunter Henry's good. He's not special. The receivers are decent. Not there's some nothing respect on Damian Harris, bro. There's nothing. Spe- Damian Harris is gonna be a Patriot next year when his contract's up because Ramondre's that good. Unlikely. And Ramondre two years from now when his contract's up, he's probably gonna be gone. Well, they they specialize in I know in cycling, but to if they backs. if they get a special guy, that's why I don't think no one on this team is special. Their defensive line again, it's special, it's good, but it's not special. Like you need, especially in the AFC, you need to have guys that you're going to go up against the Josh Allen's, the Sean Mahomes, all of these guys who are game breaking type players. Where the Patriots just don't have anything to really back that up. So I went through their schedule. I'll be honest. I went through it, and they went three and fourteen. I was like, I, I'm wilding. Like, I need to find, I need to find some wins because I'm getting disrespectful. I have their wins: week five against Detroit, week seven against Chicago, week eleven against the Jets, week seventeen against Miami. Those are the four wins I have that I feel pretty comfortable with splitting the division uh, games with the Jets and, and Miami, and then two kind of lesser teams. I'm gonna give them an extra one or two wins. They could beat, you know, they could beat Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh or. Um, Cleveland, if they don't have to show on by week six. So I think they'll probably win five, maybe six games. I'm actually not low on the Patriots offense whatsoever. Um, it's hard for me to find a world where their offense is not a top 15 offense. What? Last year it was a top 10 offense and they got better this year. They just added Devontae Parker and that, that for them is getting better because they had no, He's their best receiver now. I understand what you're saying. He's not their best receiver. The offensive line. Kendrick Bourne. Bourne. Yeah. He's rather the offensive line is still going to be somewhat good. I mean, David Andrews, Michael Onwenwu, Trent Brown. Brown. You have um, Isaiah Wynn on the left side. Cole Strange, all the people laughed at the pick. He's not a bad player. You have a top five running back tandem. They were a top three rushing attack last year. Probably still going to be that at least top five rushing attack. And Mac Jones, his ability to be cerebral. You know, you now have John U. Smith in his second year within that Pats offense. John U. Smith, we know he when he was in Tennessee was a game breaker. He's mad. Hunter, Ren, I mean Hunter, Hunter Henry, and he's a good blocker. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, like I think their offense is not the problem. To me, the biggest problem for the Patriots is defense. Defense, is but bad. the reason why nobody's talking about it is because Bill Belichick is a defensive guru. He can maximize any personnel. 
But the truth about it is that their defense is not very good. On the, their defensive line, their best edge rusher is Matt Judon. He's good. He's not great. Christian Barmore showed flashes last year, but he didn't he didn't play too many snaps to warrant him now being a, a three-down tackle now, which he's going to have to be. Um, their linebackers, I did like the addition of Eric Wilson. I think that was a great addition because it now brings speed to their linebacking core, a guy who can cover. So I like that. Uh, Jawan Bentley, he's okay, but you're looking. You're talking about a Pats team that their best cornerback is probably Jalen Mills. You're talking about a Pats team that Jonathan Jones last year did not have a good season. He was they hurt. just they just re-signed Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is way past what he used to be. He's he's an average player now. You cannot win in the AFC with your best corner being Jalen Mills. I like this. I like their safety duo. I like Kyle Duggar a lot. I like Jason McCord. I mean Devin McCourty, but. The problem to me with the Patriots is their defense. I'm not concerned with the offense. I think the offense will be just fine. I like McDaniels a lot. Maybe he makes a bigger impact, but how many times have we seen coordinators be shuffled out of New England and then they're still the same? Brian Hoyer right now is the backup quarterback. He knows this system inside and out. He's been in New England for years now. He's been in the system as a backup for years. I think just him being in the building is enough to not worry too much about Josh McDaniels not being in the building. The issue I have with what you're saying is you think the defense is going to be bad. That means I think it's going to be bottom 20 defense. That means they have to put up points on offense. Where are these points coming from? You're not going to be able to run the ball constantly if Buffalo is putting up 30 points That's on facts. you. We saw that in the playoffs. They couldn't stop Buffalo. Now, Buffalo is a different breed. You know, They're the best team in the league, according to me. But you look at the schedule... Yeah, I but think you, everybody outside of Chicago has a better offense than them. You're right, but look at this. But let Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh doesn't did. have the offense to put up numbers on them. Yes, they Debatable. Do. Yeah, they have no, they they, the weapons. Yes, they do. The weapons, weapons they easily do. Quarterback. That's that's the thing. I agree uh, with well, you. Well, that's why I, I agree said with that. you. But I mean, Mitch just Detroit, has to be average, and Detroit, they could win some games. Detroit, no. They don't have the office to put up numbers on them, bro. Come on. They have a just as good of an offensive line. Game. They have Swift. They have Jameson, Amon Hawkinson. It's gonna be it's gonna oh, be we, we, we're not gonna disrespect Jared better. Goff. Bro, he's, he's an average quarterback. He definitely What are you talking about? He's an average quarterback. Yo, well, yeah. Jared Goff played a lot better than expectations led last year. The Lions season. weapons are far better than the Patriots. Chicago definitely. Are they putting up points on no. the Patriots? No. What about the Jets? Yes. No, Which they're is why not. I gave them a 50, a game no, they're not. The Jets? They're not putting up points Question, on the Are they dropping Patriots. both to the Jets? I think it's going to split. Okay, I agree. So split. let's move on. Yeah, and outside of that, yeah, but, you know, I'm just saying, like, there are some What's teams the that they don't have to keep. After all this conversation. My record is 7-10. and oh, I'd love to hear these extra wins. Okay, well, let's just go from the beginning. At Miami, I think they lose. At Pittsburgh, I think that's a winnable game. I agree. Versus Baltimore, I think that's a loss. Agreed. Uh, Green Bay. That's a that's a loss. Detroit, that's a win for me. Wow. At Cleveland, no Deshaun. That's possibly a win for me. I agree. Uh Chicago, that's a win for me. So we're at Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, Pittsburgh. That's four wins. And that's if things go right in a couple of situations. At, at the Jets, split. Uh versus Indy, I think they lose. Versus New York at home, I think they win versus the Jets. At Minnesota, I don't think they win. Even though Minnesota doesn't have a good rush defense, so that can go either way as well. Buffalo, they lose. At Arizona, I think they lose. At Las Vegas, Bill Belichick has his has his number over his former coaches. That could be a win. I know Las Vegas is more talented, but they and Las Vegas doesn't have a good run defense. I understand either. your rationale. They can win that game. 
versus Cincinnati, I think that's a loss. I think they beat Miami week 17. And then Buffalo, I think they lose. But that's six six games if you count the Las Vegas one at seven. So I think they can win those games. Yeah, I mean, I said five or six, so seven's not ridiculous. I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, oh, I, I just so personally, I... It's I like Mac Jones. I, I think I think Mac Jones is not do. a bad quarterback. It's I think hard, Mac Jones is a good quarterback. It's hard when you have a bad defense, and I don't think your offensive weapons can yep. keep up with your defense. But but then again, it's like, what if Bill Belichick does manage to get the most out of his defense, and it's a top fifteen yeah. unit? Like, I think there's a world where the Patriots have a top fifteen offense and defense. So that that's the world that I'm kind of living in you're right li- now. You're living in some world because I just can't totally count out the Patriots. I just can't. I can't do it. Nah, screw them. I you can't. can't you it. can't. They're, I mean, as long not as yet. I got. I have to see the demise and crumbling and the downfall for real. I need to see. I need to see fire, in order for me to be like, I "Yep, know. it's over." I got to get the fire extinguisher and just put it out. You know, it just it sickens me how high you are on the Jets and Zach Wilson. You say we can't put up points on this defense because Bill Belichick he confuses everybody. Didn't confuse Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen, what, year three? Yeah, better, it's different. Bro. So, on to the next team, the Miami Dolphins. Miami, I mean, this Miami. is for you, Drew. Is I tell you what, man. I, we've, I've been asked this question like seven times this offseason. <laughs> no, yeah, we have asked this question a million times. <laughs> oh, my goodness, God. So, what I did, I swear to God, I went to my previous notes. Copy, I copied paste. everything and pasted it here. Everything. <laughs> you know you know what my note are? My notes is? It's it's because it's one line. We know the issue with Tua. <laughs> that he has the prettiest ball in the NFL, maybe. So we, let's ask you the question again. Yeah, for the this 18th is, time. This is the Dolphins. It's May, bro. What are we going to talk this about? This is the Dolphins <laughs> prediction, 2022 prediction. We're going to give a record prediction, but Drew, is this the year Tua proves to be a franchise quarterback? Is this the year? So I wrote in my opening line, how many times am I going to have to say this? Dot, dot, dot. Duh. All caps, exclamation point. Yes, Tua is going to be a franchise guy. And now there's no excuse. We went over this last episode. Who has the most pressure put on them as a quarterback? The answer is Tua Tungavailoa. Now you bring in Tyreek Hill. You pair that with Jalen Waddell. You add Cedric Wilson to that mix to add a little bit of depth that they lacked last season. In Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, arguably the best duo in the NFL at the wide receiver position. They had a bottom three rush offense last season. You bring in Mike McDaniel, who was a mastermind when it comes to the rush offense. And you add Raheem Mostert, you add Chase Edmonds, you add Sonny Michelle. Now there's some depth to the position. Although that you look at Raheem Mostert, he struggled to stay on the field. But when he's on the field, he's really elusive, one of the faster backs in the NFL. And Chase Edmonds allows a dual threat as well. You add to the offensive line, that was one of the worst we've seen in recent memory. You add Teron Armstead, Connor Williams on a very team-generous contract. The offensive line's still not where I would want it if I'm the Miami Dolphins, but it's a, a absolute strong step in the right direction. Anything's better than what they produced last season, and I can't emphasize this enough. Jesse Davis is not on the team anymore. It's not that big of a deal. It's going to raise morale in the building because this guy could not block to save his life. It's a huge deal because he was horrible. He was one of the worst right tackles I've ever seen in my life. I really want to emphasize that. Defensively, they're going to be a very cohesive unit, but it all lies on Tua, and I definitely believe he's going to be put in a position to succeed. And I've said it time and time and again, I have no concerns. I am stress-free. I know it. 
Tua will be great this season and will show he is a franchise guy. What's the record, though? Ah, thank you very much. Because you know what? I get caught up in, in, in talking about Tua. I'm going to go week by week because this is right. This my is you, my yep, team, yep, yep. Fin Fam, always we ride. Week one versus New England in Miami, I have them winning. At Baltimore, I have them losing. Versus Buffalo, I have this as a win. At Cincinnati, I have this as a loss. At New York, I have this as a W. Versus Minnesota, I have them losing. Versus Pittsburgh, I have them winning. At Detroit, I have them winning. At Chicago, I have them winning. Versus Cleveland, I have them winning. Going into their bye week. Versus Houston, I have them winning. At San Fran, I have them losing. At the Chargers, I have them winning. At Buffalo, I got a laugh last time we did the Chargers. I'm, I'm sorry, just because like you said the Bills were going to lose to the, the Browns. You said the Dolphins were going to beat the Browns. Week that was week eleven. Eleven, and this is week eight, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. ten. Ah, ten. You know what? No, the Pats. About. The Pats versus Browns game was week six. No, I said no, no, Bills. I know, I know. Okay. No, we could talk about that. That's fine. That's fit. Thank you for pointing that out to me. Uh, at Buffalo, I have them losing. Uh, versus Green Bay, I have them losing. At New England, I have them losing. And versus versus New York. In Miami, I have them winning with a record of ten and seven. Week eighteen game, yeah, to a winning a must win game. That's going to happen That's against a, a mediocre win. team in in New York. He's playing himself. I said a mediocre. I'll team. be honest. I see week thirteen to eighteen. I see That's one, tough. two, three, four, five, six, seven. I see yeah. eight losses. That, Excuse me. Thirteen to eighteen is once you get out of the body. I, I see six. Yeah. Losses. I you see get, six losses in a row. You get a layup with Houston, but then after that, it's San it's Fran, a L.A., like, Buffalo, Green Bay, Fran, New England, at LA, Jets at Buffalo. Oof, I'll tell you real. what, Man. two is going to beat the Chargers. Word. Oh yeah. Well, listen. I mean, there's no reason not to, right? I mean, when talk and when asking the question about if you can be a franchise quarterback. I mean, he's had the most additions of any quarterback outside of Zach Wilson, but our additions right. were through the draft. The other guy that you guys are hoping and praying that's going to be great. Well, well, the difference is that our additions were through the draft. Your additions are proven players who have proven they are star players. They had some cash um, to spend. Tyreek Hill, Teron Armstead, Melvin Ingram defensively, but just offensively, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle. I mean, the running back... Room is completely revamped and rehauled. Tyree Kill, Cedric Wilson, Teron Armstead, Connor Williams. I mean, he had this is the most additions any team has made this offseason of players that actually are like worthy of noting. And Mike McDaniel. With that being said, am I gonna be am I gonna come up here and say, like, oh yeah, Tua's gonna be horrible, he's gonna be bad, uh, he's gonna prove that he's like not worthy of NFL being an NFL quarterback? I've heard you say that, so no, I've never said that. Never. Said Tua, he could be out of the league in two years. <laughs> Tua is a good quarterback. I, I'm just tired of hearing. But he he's going to have a Jared Goff like year, a Baker Mayfield third season type of year, where he's going to have the numbers in a, in a in an offense that gives quarterbacks training wheels because they can't ride a bike on their own. Tua is going to have good numbers. Do you remember that list that I sent you of the guys that checked down the most? You know, right? You would expect. Of all the chatter we've heard about Tua's name, you would have at least expected him to be on that list. Well, he, he they just, don't count he RPOs. Just receivers. So, which allows which me like to at least field. understand that. No, he throws it to he receivers on bubble screens. Forward because yeah, he, we could we could look up. He his doesn't A-dot. have the time. I know. No, I know. To throw the football. You're right, but also McDaniel's system is going to come over. It's not. Gonna, I don't think it's be a bunch of down the field stuff. No, it's not going to be a bunch, but there will be a more than last year without a doubt. Just because like the checkdown thing doesn't matter to me because for one, checkdowns happen because 
the offensive line can block for you, and then that's your like Facts. last read. So he doesn't have Could time also, to get to his read. last. Also, read. why is he seeing? Um, excuse me, Miles Gaskin or, or, or Duke Johnson. I mean, his, his checkdown is not considered. He throws a lot of RPOs. Checkdown is not considered RPO. But if you look at yards per attempt, he's one of the lowest in the league. For sure. That doesn't even matter. Sure. But, and but, we know why, though. Well, let me get why. on to this. You know, Tua can have a great year and still not be a franchise quarterback. Is he going to prove to be a franchise quarterback? Absolutely hell no not. <laughs> the Dolphins haven't had a franchise quarterback That's since so Dan rude. Marino. They they had some glimmer of hope with Chad Pennington. He had a Pro Bowl year with him. Ryan Tannehill. Then, then Ryan Tannehill, a little bit of playoff appearance, but Dolphins fans kind of knew what to expect out of Tannehill. You know, Tua's not going to be any different. Let's just stop. This is stop the chatter. Um, the last two seasons, when Miami has had a must-win game, you know, they've had these must-win games coming off of win streaks. Did you know that in <laughs> did you know that in 2020, Tua's rookie season, they were coming off a two-game win streak and then they lost to Buffalo embarrassingly. Uh this one past of, season, one of the best teams th- in the This AFC. past season, Tua and the Dolphins were coming off a seven-game win streak and then they lost to the Tennessee Titans. So, the best team. This in is AFC. this is what the Dolphins uh, do. They lost round 1. This is what the Dolphins do. They were the do. one seed, but we know they're they not lost the one in round seed. two. They got a bye. They lost their first game, and they lost because Ryan Tannehill's poop. Yes, this is what the Dolphins do. Also, Derrick Henry didn't play that game, by the way, with the Dolphins. I mean, versus Dolphins. Yeah, and, and Dante Foreman rushed for over a hundred yards. Oh yeah, but Derrick Henry didn't play. So let me Dante just, let Foreman me just finish. is nice. This is what Tua does. This is what the Dolphins do, specifically Tua. They they give the fan base. You don't a, know anything. They give the fan you base a bunch anything. of hope. What Bro, did they you start? Don't know a thing. What did they start this year? One and seven. The Dolphins fans thought the season was over. And they finished with a positive record. They Can won you show seven. Some respect? They, they won seven straight. Eight and eight. Then in the must win. <laughs> oh my god! Two and zero oh against seven, the Jets. Eight. Two and zero oh against. New England. I think three and oh, this sounds like this hater is talk. ridiculous. Oh, I'm saying Finn fan. Hit in the comments. Spam, hater, hater talk. That's the Tua only thing I want to see. In those two must win games, one touchdown, four picks, 57.8 passer rating, 53% completion percentage. This is horrible. You want to make excuses for him throwing in the rain, all this other stuff? Listen, the Dolphins will win will win eight games. They're gonna go eight and nine, in my opinion. Whatever. They will go eight and, eight nine. and nine. You're just unbelievable. They will go bro. eight and nine and then you will find a different option at quarterback. Maybe Lamar Jackson becomes available. Man, you never Please, know. Please, let's not. You never happen. know. So, bro, let happen. me let me ask you this. So they're losing both to Buffalo. I'm assuming, right? Eight and nine. They're losing both to Buffalo. Yes. Okay. Um, who do you have them losing to? Also, uh, the Chargers. So that's one extra. Okay. Well, loss. Let, let me just go for. Actually, let's start. Let, let me do do it then. I have them losing to Baltimore. I have them losing to Buffalo, Cincinnati. Um, I think they can beat Minnesota. So I'll, I'll give them that win. I have him losing to Cleveland week 10. That's four losses. I have him losing to San Fran. Wait, wait, who? I'm sorry. Um, Cleveland who, week 10. Okay. Cleveland. I have him losing to, San, to LA, then Buffalo, Green Bay, and um, they can split one with the Jets or Patriots either way, either or. But yeah. Listen. They can lose more too. I mean, Pittsburgh is not a cakewalk. Minnesota is not a cakewalk. There, there are teams here that are not cakewalks. At Miami versus Pittsburgh, I feel like that they could come away with that one. At listen, I have them losing to Minnesota. I'm surprised you didn't have that. Um, Cleveland, fair enough. Chargers, fair enough. That's just one of those that I just have an inclination. I'm not all in on Minnesota's defense in the secondary specifically. No, fair enough. I I definitely agree with that logic. Um, I think they split with Buffalo. I think losing both to Buffalo is rude. 
but I understand it. Of course, they're Buffalo. It's Absolutely, not rude. no, it's yeah, a little it's rude. Far from it's rude. division, right? Can we please? Did they respect? lose to them twice this past year? For sure, twice the year before. Did they? Not sure. They Drew was undefeated against the Patriots, though. I know that. And the Jets? Has he lost to them? Yeah, we're, this is the best Jets team he's ever seen. And I promise you, we're splitting. No, I have the Dolphins going seven, ten, eight, and nine. I'm around that. I think close seven, ten, to nine, eight. Um, in terms of the question, I'm kind of you know stepping step with Joel. The Bills have won seven straight against Miami. Damn. Yikes! Not ideal. Um, I think two is going to put up good numbers, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. This is what I've been saying the whole offseason. I don't know if it's going to be enough to show that he's a franchise guy without a doubt. And Miami's not going to look to upgrade next season. Whether they can or can't, that depends on what quarterbacks become available. And this is really why I'm annoyed at you guys asking me this question 18 times because I, I have to sit here 18 times well, and hear the same nonsense over and over and over again. Well, that's why my son. We my need the season. Two we need long. the season tomorrow. I know. We're damn it. You guys piss me off. You know it's funny because like the season's gonna come and the Dolphins are gonna win a good amount of games. Then in the last stretch of that schedule, they're going to drop every single game starting with San. They Fred. do it like starting and ending the season is tough. Like New England at Baltimore, Buffalo at Cincy. At There's the no Jets, room Minnesota. for them like, to get, get momentum. That's not an easy first no, six there is. weeks. That Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland. Yeah, but that's they, where they could really. I know, but then, then it's they, the bye. Cleveland, Houston. Cleveland, Deshaun Watson. They can if get they have come on. three wins in a row. They maybe, get hot. Maybe. You understand what I'm who, saying? Who That's what, what I'm saying. You're saying there's no space for them to get momentum. But I know there you get the momentum. There's then you go into a buy. buy that, but then you play Houston. And then you play as Correct. San Fernando. Correct. That Buffalo, tough. Green Bay, New tough England, games. Jets. Like, I'm not disagreeing. It's tough. I'm not disagreeing. I have them like 8-9 and nine too. It's I a think. tough schedule. It's, a, it's yeah. a tough schedule. But I definitely feel like they've improved as long as Tua is who I believe that he will be. And I know he will be. Is 10-7 enough to get you at the wild card? Yes. I mean, it wasn't enough No, it was years ago. Well, last year, you're right. 100% you're right. But I think it will be enough this year. That was 10 and 6 two years ago, right? No, last year was 9 and 7. So, I mean, with 7. Se- exactly. Thank you. I know I'm saying two seasons ago. Yeah, no, for sure. They did 10 and 6. On to the last topic. The last team finished last place in the AFC last year with four wins. The New York Jets. Now, are, is the hype for the Jets warranted? Are we a year too early? Listen, the hype is for real. We're taking flight, baby. <laughs> you want to go through the schedule together once you're done with your spiel? Yes, we do. Cool. Thanks, bro. The hype for the Jets is for real. We're taking flight. Buckle up your seatbelts. It's going to be a turbulent ride, but we're going to get to our destination. Listen, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that, oh, maybe the Jets can win 10 games or whatever. I, or I heard RG3 say it. A successful season for the Jets is winning eight games. Doubling our win total from last season is, is a successful season. I think we're going to win nine, though. I think we're going nine and eight. We won't make the playoffs, but we will be in the hunt. The additions, Lakin Thomason, Makai Becton, because he was hurt last year, mm-hmm. CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin, um, Wilson, Brees Hall, DJ Reed, Sauce, Carl Lawson's also an addition because he didn't play last year. I mean, Jermaine Johnson, Jordan Whitehead. These are 10-plus names. These are 10-plus guys, talented players, good players that are coming to our team. Now, listen, for me, my projection for Zach Wilson this year, 26 touchdowns, 13 picks, 3,800 yards. I think that's a realistic expectation. He can hit that. I think we're going to be a run-first offense, so he'll get a lot of play-action stuff. That's why I don't have him going like insane with the passing touchdowns because I think, you know, 
although I'm expecting a lot out of Zach Wilson, we got to pump the brakes. Garrett Wilson's a rookie. We don't know how good he's going to be. Elijah Moore is a good player, but is he a wide receiver one solidified? No, he's not. Corey Davis was never that. The Jets don't have a solidified number one. We just have the potential thought of maybe one of these guys can be, but we don't have that true definitive guy. Because of that, I'm cutting Wilson some slack. I'm lowering the expectations just a already. bit. already. Given but, the free passes. Unbelievable. But last year, the Jets, the Jets, it's funny because mm, the, the team that was so scary, the Titans, the, the Tua couldn't get past. Who got past that team? Without A.J. Brown? Zach Wilson. They had Derrick Henry, though. Who that got past it. that team? No Julio. Zach Wilson. Stop it. It's not impressive. Who, who made two <laughs> of the best plays of the season that game? Zach Wilson, baby. Not disagreeing there. Don't sleep. No We're sleeping. taking like, flight. <laughs> We're going. <laughs> We're going. I blessed you there, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that one was ass. <laughs> yeah, <it> was ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't, bro, that's a jet. <laughs> no, no, what I did was no, a jet. Yeah, yeah. He, he blessed. He blessed. Okay. <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't been on, I haven't been on a jet just on planes. Sorry, there you go. Ah, yeah, fair effects. Yeah, yeah, fair we will be. Haven't been, yeah, will be. one day we will, we will be. be. We're on about a jet. to jet up on Facts. a jet. Um, I think the hype's warranted. You know, yeah. you said you're going to lower expectations. There's no excuses for the Jets. There's no excuses for Zach Wilson. They put a team around him offensively and defensively. There shouldn't be any reason why we're a bottom three defense in the league where Zach has to be trailing the whole game, passing 30 to 40 times per game. This offense and this team is built around Zach Wilson and for him to progress this year. When I look at the Jets roster, it, it sounds silly to say, but they really don't have holes. Right, if you look offensive line, you mentioned it. Mackay Becton's coming back, AVT year two. Lincoln Tomlinson, um, you know, bringing him over from San Francisco, he's going to be our best guard right away. The wide receiver room is deep. We're three deep at tight end with Conklin, Uzama, and our uh, rookie Ruckert. The wide receiver room we talked about already. Defensively, the only holes is linebacker. I know you're higher on CJ Mosley than I am. CJ Mosley, Quincy Williams, and we need another safety opposite of Whitehead. That's really Marcus Joyner. He missed the whole season. Yeah, but and he kind of does. He does the same thing Whitehead does. He's not. I'm he's back. not a free safety. We need like a, a free safety. Um, and the cornerback room is deep with Sauce, DJ Reed, Bryce Hall. Like I think we really don't have a lot of holes. So there's no excuse. And the defensive line too. That what might be our strongest point with Quentin Williams, John Franklin Myers, Carl Lawson back, Jermaine Johnson. So there's no excuses for the Jets this year. They've been injured. It feels like every year of my life they got off to a slow start. It feels like every year of my life. And when I say that, I'm really saying the last like five years. Um. But there's no excuses this year. We have a talented team. We have a head coach in OC I believe in. We have a quarterback and a GM that I believe in. So everything is falling together for the Jets. We're going to go through the schedule. It's not the easiest schedule in the world. Um, do you want to get started? Do we want Drew to go first, give his uh, his take? Um, it doesn't matter. I will just say this. Uh, breaking news. Steve Smith Sr. has officially joined the Giants coaching staff. Cool. Why do you see your coach? Probably. Darius yeah. Tony to the moon. They need it. So, okay, uh, I don't know. If you want to go on your spiel, if you don't need to, it's fine. It's just a quick two, two, two main things that I look at the Jets and I feel like it could make or break their season, right? The hype will be real if Zach Wilson is for real. The hype will be real if Salah can come in and be the head coach defensively that the Jets were hoping to be. Him to be, I should say. You guys already addressed all the additions. I don't have to go through that again. But my main concern is the schedule at the start. It's it's not the best-looking schedule. It's not the most ideal-looking schedule for you guys. I don't think the first five weeks are that bad. I'm not going to lie. Until the bye week, it's ugly. 
I think weeks six six through nine scare me a hell lot more than one through five. The whole schedule really is just oh, not let's, ideal. All right, let's break it down. All right, so week one, Baltimore. We well, lose that game. Lost. Yeah, me too. That's a, that's lost. At Cleveland, no Deshaun. That's I'm, a win. I gave you guys that W. I think we win. Versus Cincinnati. Loss. At Pittsburgh. Win. Loss. I think that's a win. Versus Miami. Loss. Split. That's, that's a, a win. win. So that's three and two. At Green Bay. L. Loss. I think that's a loss. At Denver. L. Loss. Versus New England. Win. W. I think that's a win. That's four wins. Versus Buffalo. Loss. Bye week. So your four, your four W's are Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Miami, New England. and New England. Yep. So we're four and what's that? One, two, three. We're four and five going to Pittsburgh the is a generous one. Now week 11 Michigan. at New England. Loss. Loss. Versus Chicago. W. Win. That's a win. At Minnesota. Loss. It could go both ways, but I have a SNL. It at could go Minnesota. Both ways. Yeah. It could go both ways, but it's L. At Buffalo. L. Loss. Versus Detroit. W. I win. actually gave you guys this one. Jacksonville. W. Win. W. Seattle. W. Win. So now what's that? So I have... Cleveland win, Pittsburgh win, Miami win, New England win, that's four, bye week. We're now, eight eight. Chicago Chicago win, that's five. Detroit win, that's six. Jacksonville win, that's seven. Seattle win, that's eight. Eight and eight. Now, what was the tweet that I tweeted early in the offseason? When I, what I said? When I said that, when I said that, the difference between why the Jets are going to be better than the Dolphins is that Zach Wilson is going to be better than Tua. So they're going to win So what both. that means is that we are going to beat the Dolphins week 18. <laughs> and so Zach Wilson is going to go crazy. Yeah. And he going to be the difference while we the best my, out of the two. My main thing that I look at the schedule, right, because obviously that was really adorable what you just did, but at Pittsburgh, do you think Zach Wilson's built like that to go into Hines and, and, and yeah. beat this defense? Yeah. The worst rushing defense in the league last year? So you guys are going to rush all over them. That's yeah, a possibility. We're going to be a run first team. And Zach Wilson's going to be capable of beating them at Pittsburgh. That's my I don't main have thing. any corners, I don't, bro. I don't look at Pittsburgh. They have TJ Watt, obviously, but I don't look at Pittsburgh like this like crazy defense that they're going to be regardless, top five. Regardless of that fact, Mike Tomlin has never been under 500. Ever. This is going to be the first well, season week, he does that. Four. This is going to be I the first season he does that. I don't know. We'll see. And w- w- I and mean, Cincinnati, we could beat them. No, we beat can't. them last year. We can't. Um, we beat them last year. He's not wrong. No. Fine. If you want to think that, it's a loss. Green Bay, that's, they don't have a receiver. That's a loss. We low-key could beat Green Bay. Um, Miami, you have them beating Denver? them twice. Come on. You have Miami. Brad, you talking about the you, your team who's always injured? I had a splitting Miami, but week 18, if it's raining in Miami... Tua can't throw in the rain. That's what you said. You're fucked, buddy. I mean, I was there week 18 against the Patriots when it was raining. I was there. I, with, I saw my own eyes. It's not the Jets. You guys. Listen, man, I respect you guys. No, Yo, you know what? Actually, you guys are on the right direction. You know, you said, you said, well, Tua hasn't lost to the Jets yet. Well, this shit's going to lose to them twice. That's what he's going to do. There's Every, a better chance of me in my own shit, truthfully. <laughs> I'll say this. Week Six five. and ten. So would you and do I wrote it if this. they we're do out, win We're out week five to that game. Uh-huh. Jets Miami. We're out. Done. Uh, I wrote 610 in parentheses with love. I mean this with love. I don't mean this in any way. I'm just calling it how I see it. So, uh, are your six wins? The six wins I have is Cleveland, yep. New England, Chicago. So, you think Miami beats us twice? I do. Okay. Um, wow. Chicago, um, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, and that's it. Wait, so wait say that again? Cleveland, New England, Chicago. Detroit, 
Jacksonville, Seattle. So you don't have us beating Miami once? No. Okay. Yeah, that's where you messed up. But um, yeah, Jets on top, baby. Take flight. Take flight. Yo, and shout out to Mike Schmitz, man. He's one of the best draft analysts in the game. He just got an assistant general manager job for the Portland Trailblazers. Hey, look. So shout out to Mike Schmitz, Good man. That, that's huge. ESPN to now GM. That's what's up. So let's go over it. These are our AFC. A- oh, my God. These are our AFC East 2022 predictions. Buffalo Bills, number one, 13 and four. Jets, two, nine and eight. Dolphins, three, eight and nine. Patriots, four, seven and ten. I have Buffalo coming in first with a 14 and 3 record. I have the Dolphins finishing in second place with a 10 and 7 record. I have the Jets finishing in third with a 6 and 10 record. And in last place, which is going to be hard to believe, I have New England coming in last with a 5 and 12 record. You mean Jets 6 and 11? Oh, you're 100% right, bro. Thank you, man. Um, so you're going to make me repeat this whole thing for, yeah, for, for the, the TikTok, talk, bro. For, for the talk. All right. So, number one. I have Buffalo at 14 and 3. I believe that they have a strong case for the number 1 seed in the AFC uh, conference. Number 2 I have the Dolphins going at 10 and 7. Number 3 I have the Jets coming in with a record of 6 and 11 and in last place New England with 5 and 12. I have the Buffalo Bills in first place at 12 and 5, the Jets and Dolphins second and third both at 8 and 9 and the Patriots finishing last 6 and 11. Man, you will rule this day. Man, that's going to do it for episode 182 of the Pick Aside podcast. Let us know how you feel in the comments, my running back list. Let's see how you guys feel. Throw them comments in this comment And before we finish, we just want to say from the Pick Aside family, uh, we didn't want to go without mentioning anything, but uh, our condolences to Texas, the families that lost their young children and, you know, the terrible violence that, that happened there. Couple of days ago, just thoughts and prayers with you guys. And, Absolutely. You no, know, hopefully, uh, hopefully this world can see better days. Definitely. Yeah, it's just a terrible tragedy that happened, and uh, you know, seeing those kids, I was just looking at the picture when it popped up on my Twitter timeline, and you know, I just was like, imagine if that was my little niece or my little cousin. You know, something like that totally breaks your heart. These kids that had their futures ahead of them, that it got cut short because somebody decided to do something egregious. An act of violence that isn't necessary. Uh, our hearts go out to the families, and you know, hopefully, things like this uh, stop in this country. There's definitely a a lot that needs to change. It's like Sandy Hook was one of the worst tragedies I thought I'd ever see, ever. and for it to happen a second time, it, it's something that it is not something that I feel should ever ever happen for someone that age to 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 take out an anger on on kids that don't even have a chance. We need to do better is 100% it. That's it. It's all to be said. This is going to do it for episode 182 of the Pick Aside Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. Thank you guys for listening and or watching. Yo, and buy we'll some merch. Buy some merch. Don't forget it. Pickasidepodcast.com. Love